All right, it's that time again. The boys will be live in... Three, two, one, zero. Race, 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 race 22 race 22 radio welcome to race 22 radio with host langley austin featuring roger johnson it don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile winning's winning and crazy Corey latham i've been watching nascar and drinking Race 22 Radio, your number one source, covering all your favorite late model stock car racing action. And now it's time to crank it up. All right, guys, here we are. Race 22 Radio is uh, back on the air again this week. Um, hopefully you guys uh, ready for uh, a good time tonight. We got uh, you know great guest here tonight, Bobby McCarty. Uh, we'll talk to him in just a minute. Uh, we're broadcasting live from uh, the luxurious PRW chassis studio here. We're hoping it's going to be luxurious eventually um, at uh, Performance Center Racing Warehouse in Statesville, North Carolina. I've got uh, the owner of Performance Center. Well, his wife's probably the owner, but, uh, wow. you know. Right out of the rip. <laughs> you know. Right away. I, I figured we'd just go for it. I didn't really yep. get you last week, so. Yep. How you doing this week? I'm good. It's been a busy week. I mean, you ain't been cussed out for anything you said last week or anything? Uh, marginal. You know, marginal. just y- you catch the occasional, hey, I listened. But they did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Right. Uh, but I like the feedback, actually. I just want to try to make it better. So sometimes I get used to being called bad names. It's all right. Well, I probably, I'm pretty sure you probably got called less bad names based on the show than you do a normal week. Sure. Sure. So. I'm good at that. And then, uh, of course, we've got uh, Corey Latham. Oh, well, wait a minute. That's, yeah, he didn't That's show. not Corey Latham over here. It kind of looks like Josh Berry, and probably because it is. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you. I'm back. Yeah, back uh, back for a second week. Not a guest this week. He is uh, he is sitting in place of uh, Corey Latham, and uh, he's going to be chatting it up with our uh, guest over here, Bobby McCarty. Bobby, thank you for coming to the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to tonight. Well, uh, last week I said, you know, you want to be on the show? Tell us, man. Bobby, lit me up as soon as, <laughs> soon as I said that. You know what I mean? He's like, I want to be on the show, you know. So we had to get him on the show. And uh, he's uh, he's brought his own topics for tonight. And uh, so we'll have a, a lot to talk about uh, later on there. Um, <coughs> but uh, wanted to wanted to go ahead and uh, get the news. Doc Love is going to read off the news for us here this week. And it's just kind of a, you know, stuff we've been posting on Race 22 and some of the other stuff going on in racing. So go ahead, Doc. Yeah, some of the headlines going in from the uh, this past week. David Rudeman, former NASCAR Cup Series competitor, has joined Lee Falk Racing to crew chief Ryan Rackley in the PRA Super East Late Model Tour. Also down in South Carolina, Greenville Pickens and Anderson Motor Speedway have released their schedules for the 2019 season. Greenville Pickens starts March 2nd with a $10,000 to win limited race, and Anderson goes green for the first time Friday, March 22nd. 
the Southeast Super Truck Series schedule. It came out also uh, when they'll start as March, March 30th at Tri-County Motor Speedway. They also announced a new Southeast Legend Series run along with the trucks and the Grip Limited Late Model Series all season long. Dominion Raceway, located in Woodford, Virginia, released their schedule officially and kicked off their season April 6th with a 100-lap late-model stock car feature uh, to get the season started there. Josh Berry also made the headlines last week. He explained the new rule mandated by NASCAR late-model stock car racing. That rule didn't outlaw those $1,000 billet, steel, spindles, high-dollar, fancy-smancy things uh, that many thought that it, that rule would do. Catch all the audio on Race22 Podcast on Race22.com. Lee Falk Racing has launched a new Legends car program. It'll go with their limited late-model stock car and super late-model programs. Justin Carroll announced a couple of weeks back that he is going cars to a racing full-time in 2019 with crew chief Jason Stanley. And this past week, it was also real to be teaming up with Reynolds Racing Chassis and a debut, a new look for his number 57 as well. And in the news, uh, one of our graduates, if you will, former Fathead Racing Series late model stock car standout, Brennan Poole, has announced that he'll be racing the entire season with the NASCAR Truck Series for On Point Motorsports, the number 30 Toyota. That's great news. Yeah, it is good news. Uh, Brennan, uh, great, great uh, guy. I would call him a kid, but I guess he's not a kid anymore. Um, but uh, great, great guy and, uh, you know, came on the show probably more than anybody back uh, when we had it uh, before. So we had to get him on here one week, talk a little truck racing or something. I mean, we'll probably mostly just talk late models. I'm sure he's got plenty to say on everything uh, that we talk about. I, I'm going to try to get Roger involved over here, but he is wrapped up in this computer. I'm I, not I, really sure. I just learned how to use this. <laughs> well, I kind of Listen, I was kind he of brought wondering. his own list, dude. Well, I mean, he brought his own list. So you're saying anyway. you had to step up the gear game? I'm trying to. No, I'm trying to. It was actually printed out for me. I didn't bring it. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He sent it to me, and I printed it uh, out, okay. so he was ready it. to go. Okay. So. Um, you know, going back on, you know, some of the things going on, I know uh, we talked about it before the show, uh, the David Ruderman news. You know, it's pretty cool. Great move. I, yeah. I really like it. I like it from all aspects. I like it from the fact that. You know, I, I saw it advertised in a couple different places. You know that we don't normally get a lot of, right, right, a lot of. So it's good to see Lee Falk be able to branch out like that, and you know, observe some different different ways to go about it. Absolutely, and they made a little more news. You know, launching their uh, Legends program. Yeah, and for I'm sure. Obviously, I think that's a great idea. I mean, obviously, you have that tie-in. You're bringing them along. You you kind of get them before you have to, you know, wait on them. Now you get them beforehand. So. And I don't, you know, I'm I'm biased because they're both my friends, but I. I really am proud of what they're doing over there um you know they kind of went at it a completely different way they've 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 put together you know lee's been building this for years right this just didn't happen overnight i mean he went through a lot of a lot of hard work that he didn't want to go through I, I know when he was taking you know as many cars as he did to the racetrack but they got their social game going right they they're getting good kids. They went to the PRI show. I, I, I think they got it headed in the right direction and you're seeing results from it. Well and and I mean no disrespect to them when I say this. They were, you know, not great in the beginning and now they are as good as anybody oh, you know, right. out there. They got their their cars look amazing. They they yeah. They spend a lot of time. They work hard. Absolutely. They test a ton. I mean, and if you look at it, I mean they're they're well, I mean getting you've helped them, huh? Yeah. I, I mean they they're smart enough that. to realize yeah. that hey Maybe we got some kids that need some help. So what's well, cool? Josh Bebop's over there, gives a kid a couple pointers, boom, boom, boom. 
that, that's going in the right direction. Yeah, I've I've worked with them a handful of times. I drove their Super once, and I drove their late model stock once, and they're definitely good people. I feel like they, uh, you know, I, I think the program that they're building, I mean, obviously makes a ton of sense for them to be able to take younger drivers early on, get get their hands on them, work with them, teach them their way, you know, with hopefully the intentions that they're going to move up through their program. So really, it's a it's really a no brainer on their side. Right, I agree 100. percent And and if you look at the landscape, I mean, you you guys, you know, from Junior Motorsports and and Nelson Motorsports, and that's probably the two top teams right now as far as driver development goes. Um, but if you uh, look around, a lot of the guys who were at the top of the game, I'm not gonna call any of them out by name. They're not at the top of the game anymore, and Lee Falk Racing's just kind of slipping right in yeah. there. You know what I mean? They've kind of elevated themselves, you know, into a position. So. Um, <clears throat> You know, I'm not not going to touch on all of this, but uh, one thing, you know, Southeast Super Truck Series, that's something that, you know, they've been building. You know, they've done a really good job. They got their limited series. Now they added a Legends, you know, tour to that thing. And that's something that Race 22 is going to be following more, um, you know, in the upcoming year because I think they've been doing a great job. And hopefully, you know, we'll get uh, some of their guys and maybe uh, Jeff Myers on the show one week or something. Yeah, it's intriguing to me to, to listen to the people that want to run that thing. Oh, right. You know, trucks were almost dead. Yep. I, we, I think we... We built one for Anthony Anders that was like the newest truck that had been built in a long time, and he went out and did really well with it. Spanked him really bad, right? Yeah. Like he won 14 races or something with it in a row. And then, other than that, you didn't hear about. There. I, I, that would be a question for Jay. Or when's the last time he built a truck? I, I, I don't. Yeah, since I don't I've known him, I don't. I've yeah, I, I mean. One. So he might want to get busy with. Yeah, that. but I, I applaud that them guys have you know ground through and they. They didn't always have the biggest car counts, but they continued to go in the right direction, and I think you got to give them a shout-out for what they're doing. Yeah, I agree totally. All right, well, let's uh, jump on and uh, just go ahead and start uh, bombarding uh, Bobby McCarty over here with uh, some questions. And uh, I, uh, I, I've i got uh, I've got a couple. Um, All right. Just kind of want to, you know, get, get the party started here. You know, obviously, you know, from where you started, you know, with your family-owned team, you know, in Limiteds, and, man, now you're at Nelson Motorsports and you just won the mm. Car Store Championship. Tell us tell us how it feels, first of all, to be a Car Store Champion, and uh, second of all, how it feels to be in a program that elite. You know, for, for me, it's, it's hard to explain, and uh, I'm sure Josh can relate to this as well. You know, when, when me and my dad started this whole deal, we didn't know – what do you expect? We got in the limits, and uh, you know we bought a really good car to start off with, and we fired out the gate really strong, and and we was able to win a couple of races that first year, and uh, we we backed the next year up, winning the South Boston Limited Championship, and you know we we got opportunity to move up to late model, and uh, first race we qualified on the pole, you know, and it was Philip and Deke and everybody, and I'm like, oh man, this is easy, like I don't <laughs> know what everybody's talking about, you know, I'm like, oh we're we're set, and then uh. I still remember that race like it was it was yesterday. We we pushed our car down pit road and stopped right there at the end. And I'm like, man, this is cool. And then Philip pulls up beside us. And then Lee pulls behind me. And then Deke pulled up beside Lee. And then CE pulled up. You know, I'm like, oh man, we're in it now. Like I, it really didn't set in what had happened. And then uh, all that happened. And of course, you know, Philip took me to school. I thought I was saving tires, and yeah. uh, I wasn't. You know, so I fell to fourth, whatever it was. And then things just kind of went back and forth we we could get qualifying speed but couldn't really get long run speed and uh you know we struggled for a little bit you know in the last year we run our own car we kind of teamed up with nelson and they would help us with the setup some um and we still kept the the car in shop at the house and uh, we was able to win a race and uh 
you know, then Timothy had his, his truck deal. Um, the year he, he was in the Final Four for the championship, and they asked me to drive for him at Martinsville, and, and that's really what, you know, got the ball started for me was, was getting in that car and, and performing. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but, you know, for me it was a lot of pressure to get in Timothy Peters' car that everybody knows is a car that should win right. that race, you know, if yeah. everything goes right. And uh, up until that point, I never even made the race at Martinsville. I'd, I'd qualify like 40th and get in the top 10, like sixth or seventh. And then I'm just hanging out. Then for whatever reason, we're wrecking for fifth when the top 10 <laughs> transfers. But, you know, anyways. Uh, just Typical kinda, Martinsville. Yeah, Martinsville. yeah, potluck, yeah. Um, you know, and. We did. I did really well. Um, you know, we was running third, and an alternator went out, and that, you know, it sucked. I'm not gonna lie. I thought I, I thought we had everything set up. You know, we we run the leaders down, and uh, Marcus screamed at me on the radio, "Don't pass them! Don't pass them!" Because they still had the 25 to go with your four new ones. And he was yeah. like, "We don't want to be leading." And I'm like, "Oh, man! I just I think it was Lee and uh, Tommy, and I just run them down." And I'm I'm never I'm not used to this kind of stuff. You know, especially yeah. at Martinsville, and so I'm like chomping at the bit, like ready to pass them there. They're, you know, telling me to back off and, and things like that. So uh, just to, from from where we've been to, to where I'm at now, um, for me, is, is really cool. You know, the whole car store championship deal really hasn't sunk in yet. Um, still just kind of getting used to that. But, uh, you know, it's it's been a journey, without a doubt. It's been a, a really long journey. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you were kind of right place, right time. I mean, you said you that year you got hooked up with them yeah. to do your car. And if you hadn't have been, you probably wouldn't have been in that ride. No, no, probably not. Um, you know, every once in a while you catch a break in this sport. And, you know, I feel like that was definitely my break, you know, uh, between Barry and, and Timothy and Marcus and, and Triplett and all the, the three amigos. You know, I can't – words can't even describe what that weekend meant for me. I mean, I got the – we tested our car, and I was under the impression we were driving our car, then – they called Tuesday, I think, and they was like, we need you to drive Timothy's car. And, like, I thought it was a joke at first. I was like, yeah, yeah okay, uh-huh, I'll bet you do. <laughs> and then they was like, well, we need you to come down here and get fitted, you know, make sure the pedals are where they need them and the, the seat belts are right. And I'm like, oh, you're you're not playing. Like, you're being serious. And uh, my the, the where I work at is in Greensboro, and the shop's in Martinsville, and I don't think I've ever made it to Martinsville that fast before in my life. <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't wait, man. It was It, it was awesome. Yeah, you were hoping you'd get there fast enough for the before they change your mind. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right. Well, you, you know, you mentioned Timothy and uh, Marcus and uh, David Triplett. What's it like to work with those three guys? I mean, all <coughs> those guys have been extremely successful in in late model yeah. stock car racing and beyond. So, I mean, tell me about them. Uh, well, um, you know, Timothy is is very peculiar. Um, you know, I don't get to go to the shop as as much as I like. I got to work my normal job and. If things work out right, or, or sometimes I just need to take a day off and get there. But, uh, yeah. you know, Timothy's very peculiar about everything. He wants everything perfect. He wants the, the car spotless where you can eat off of it. And I, I do my best, but, you know, it's uh, sometimes it ain't good enough. But, uh, you know, and, and, and working with him and just teaching me the stuff, you know, the right things to say at the right time, you know, with media and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I, I've I've learned a lot just from that aspect. You know, I, I before now I just get out of the car and just kind of, say whatever I wanted, and I never really thought about it. But Yeah, you've never held back. No, um, and then Timothy kind of pulled the reins back and, and taught me a lot of stuff about media and, and you know, ways to attract sponsors and, and things of that nature, and, and I feel like I've made leaps and bounds in that area. And then uh, working with Marcus is is interesting, to say the least. Uh, 
that man wants to win, and he don't. If, if we win by two seconds, he wants to know why we didn't win by four seconds. If he's not at the track, and if he's at the track, he's constantly. We could go out and mock up and be P1, and he's like, well, it needs to be better. What can we do to make it better? He's constantly looking. He don't. He don't really care about where we're at in the field. I mean, he wants to be fastest. Don't get me wrong, but it don't matter how fast we are. He wants it to be better. There's always, and that was one of the things that he kind of brought along once he got working with, you know, KBM. You know, and uh, he said that's the biggest thing he learned working with Kyle was it's it's never good enough. He don't care if he wins by eight seconds. He he wants to win by more. He wants it to be top of the line, perfect every time. Um, so Marcus has kind of brought that aspect into to how I drive the car and the things that I do with the car so uh you know it's it's a lot of I mean again I come from just a family-owned team so if we went out and posted like a top five time I'm happy and we're all slapping hands and everybody's you know we're ready to go but uh you know definitely changed my outlook on on how I approach races and and where I need to be and uh triplet he's uh easy character triplets more like my my main crew chief um most of the time i'm working with him occasionally i get to work with marcus but 95 percent of the time i'm with triplet and uh it's it's, it's funny working with him he, he gives me a hard time and he, he pushes me really hard but uh you know we we definitely have a a good time and between the three they've taught me a lot about saving tires again something i never did i'd get in the car and just go from the green to the checker and then be mad at the end of the race because i didn't have a right rear or right front <laughs> And uh, once they finally broke me of that, you know, things really changed for us. So uh, I feel like I've came a long way in the last two or three years that I've worked with them. Um, and I definitely feel like we're we're capable of accomplishing it a lot more. And, you know, that's what we're setting out to do every weekend. What was your relationship with them like before you got in their car? Well, like I said, they kind of helped us with the setup on our car. Um, and, you know, when we started uh, – taking our car to him um you know timothy instantly started giving me you know right so you had a business relationship with him first somewhat before yeah. and yep. then went to that sure okay yeah. um you know it's kind of the same thing as soon as i went there they was on me about this and that sure and, and things i needed to be doing different and and taking care of the car more i didn't i'd get caught up in situations or, or things would make me mad and i would start doing things that i shouldn't do as far as situations i put the race car in and and it was showing my results you know i'd finished fifth one weekend and then 15th the next and uh you know just at, at first it was it was a business thing and, and timothy wanted to, to see me do better um and and he believed that i was capable of doing better and i think that's just what kind of got everything going was uh you know timothy has told me plenty of times he sees a lot of him and his dad with with me and my dad sure you know, they they did everything together as far as racing and and that's how i've always did it was with my dad i started when i was six and it was me and him from the beginning and uh he kind of i think he kind of took a personal light to that and that's kind of what set everything up what do you find to be the biggest obstacle now right like you've talked about running for your team that you, you your family owned team and then now now converting to this which is more of the machine right with yeah. uh, what what do you find to be the biggest obstacle because you got just this little bit of time right because right. You're, now you're working more yeah. <laughs> at your regular job yeah so what do you find the biggest obstacle to be there? Uh, I mean, there's got to be some big differences, right? There, There is. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I really feel like the, the biggest obstacle is just the pressure to perform. I mean, I'm sure Josh can relate to this, too. We're we're both with it, with really strong teams that have done. Is that an obstacle or does that drive you? 
a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't want to get in into these cars and and run tenth every weekend. You sure. Because it, it's 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 not good for you. Um, but at the same time, you know for a fact that, you know, it don't matter the equipment you have or or the people you got around you. If you don't do your job sitting in that seat and, and give good feedback, then the whole weekend's just gone. Um, so I, I feel the I feel more pressure driving for them because you know the car should perform. You know the car should run top three every weekend, right. without a doubt. And if it doesn't, then that comes down to you not doing your job as a driver and communicating feedback like you need to. I have a couple questions for okay. you, actually. These ought to be good. Here we go, here we go. I mean, I, I've talked with you a good bit, got to know you, especially this year. I know we've talked a good bit, but um, these are pretty easy. For for okay. one, All right. you, you alluded to your limited – Day, you know, like limited and then limited championship. What years was that exactly? Because uh, I, I mean, I remember you racing before yourself. I mean, I, but I can't remember. Was that like the first year in limiteds? I'm wanting to say it was 2011, and okay. then we won the championship in 2012, and then we moved up to late model in 2013. I, I believe is what it is. And you're how old are you? 26. 26. Yeah. And what do you do for a day job? Uh, I'm a I mean, if I want to be, you know, real professional-like, I'm going to say automotive technician. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the real term just a greasy old mechanic, I reckon, <laughs> is how, how I tell normal people. No, know. right. But I mean, I, Depends on how you look at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm honestly asking because I really, you know, I really don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, the, the shop I work at is a shop that my dad opened up when I was seven. Um, and it's just a five-bay. It's nothing, you know, nothing special, but it's, it's his. You know, he worked really hard for it. And. Uh, you know, I went to school to to build engines and stuff, and uh, just kind of seemed like the obvious thing to do. It's, it's a business already set. You know, we got a good customer base. We've been going for about 18 years now. Um, so, I mean, everything's already there, and it's a it's a successful business that's on top of that. So, uh, I mean, the road's already paved. All just, I got to do is drive it. Just to put a little perspective on it, though, that that's a great question from the simple fact of, think about that, people that are winning a limited championship in 2011 work their ass off i'll go ahead and say the first one <laughs> um wor worked it off until they get to here and i think people get confused by that as to how much work you really did put in oh, yeah. to get to that point oh he just got this no 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 no, no that, that's not what it was about I, i've had forgotten the martinsville Thing. I, I, I did too. I, I yeah. Until I, I he knew said it, it but I, forgot I, too. I, I knew it. But I, I, I guess I forgot. I hadn't. I <laughs> I, but I had forgotten that you know that you 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 getting that opportunity. And I remember how well you run it. Come back, it, you know. I, I remember that, and I see how you know the path led to that. And I mean, another thing that you have going is an incredible owner. I mean, uh, oh, he yeah. seems. I mean, from the outside i mean I, I i guarantee you that he's putting a lot of his own money in oh, a yeah. lot of you know he's there every week and i mean those those type of people that are that passionate and dedicated to the sport are hard to come by nowadays yeah they yeah. are um and you know barry he he loves racing i mean that's yeah. that's his thing he loves racing um and, and he puts a lot into it you know he's, he's at the shop and and he helps out as much as he can um <laughs> But uh, <laughs> you know, we got um, Zach Bruinger over here delivering <laughs> beers to the guest here. So. Um, but you know, we talk about Barry, and Barry cares a lot about the sport. But um, you know, Kirk Opox, the, the same mm. kind of deal. You know, he he sponsors a lot of race cars. He sponsors a lot of events. I mean, he sponsored all five of our cars at Martinsville and uh, Lee's car. 
and it might have been one other car, and then he sponsored Circle, y'all for yeah, the beach. beach yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the, the sport needs people that genuinely just care about the 100%. sport. They they, they love the sport. They want to see cars go around the racetrack, and they want to be a part of it. And that's that's really what we we. I feel like as far as as late model stock racing goes, if we could get more corporate companies involved that that just love the sport and, and, and can help fund you know drivers. I mean, there's plenty of people like me and Josh that, that are just waiting for that opportunity. And if you could get, you know, I mean, this stuff costs money. I don't care what you're doing. If you're in, if, right. I, if you're racing shopping cart buggies at Walmart in the parking lot, at some point you're gonna start putting money into it, you know. But the thing I can't figure out is everything costs money, right? Like oh, yeah. my kid plays lacrosse or does basketball or does whatever, and I know micro to macro they're two different numbers, right? right? But but like how how do we get more people to want to do it or to make it more affordable that you know langley had a, a good post this week that we should get into where he did you know what was the worst of two evils the spindles or the tires right and, and it was really kind of divided and it wasn't meant to go that way but i'm i'm just interested where it goes where how do we get it there you're a guy that came from your own family team worked his ass off i'm not allowed to swear on here <laughs> uh, worked his worked his ass off right and then got a break got a break got put under tremendous pressure at that break at one of the biggest stages that there are thrived on it continued to go forward where where is it where's the hook i i don't know because you're passionate about it so right so there's got to be where where's the hook to get more people passionate i i think more and the car store kind of touched on this at the beginning of the year they you know they they was talking to us about fans and that was one of the things that just kind of stuck with me he said you know the fans are the reason why we're even allowed to be here so anytime you have a, a meet and greet whatever the case if you're walking to your truck leaving or your car whatever the case you need to make that personal connection with everybody sure. you come in touch yeah. with and i think that's that's one of the things that would would really help is make everybody feel personal you know you you kind of look at some of this stuff and i mean it's just a kid coming up for an autograph but if you can stand there and talk to him make his day I mean, all that stuff matters, and I think the more the more personal drivers can be with fans, sponsors, whatever the case, that I feel like that brings people in. Because any any sport you watch, you you want to have some kind of connection with somebody. Sure. You look right. at Dale Earnhardt Sr. He had more more people connected to him with anything because of who he was and and how he raced. And that's right. I think that's one of the things that everybody needs in any kind of sport is you need you need that connection, that emotional connection that you feel like you and that guy on different circumstances could be best friends you know depend you know and i think that's that's one of the things we need and i don't feel like we're really getting there you know i mean a, a lot of the drivers are are great with their fans but I, I think there's more things we could do you know media stuff like this just to get more people involved kind of understand people's backstory a little bit more and get that personal connection with with everybody and i think that would bring more people into the sport Right, and hopefully that's what this show does, is bring you know yeah. you guys closer to fans, you know, oh, yeah. and lets them know who you really are. Because many people didn't know your story, you know I mean? Yeah. I, I knew it. I was at your, I think, your first limited test. Yeah, so. we, well, remember, we we did the whole hero card yep. photo shoot yep. and, yep. and right. all that, and that was, that yep. feels like a long time ago. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Before sure. we get into all the, the hot topics, all you right. know, I, I think – I was going to touch on this because I know there was a post last week a little bit that took my words, I felt like, a little bit out of context. And it, and it leads me into a question that I have for him that I think about often. And, uh, you know, someone 
like yourself that has raced yourself and owned your own race car, done every done it the Saturday night short tracker way. Where, I mean, go to work, come home, work, you know, put all that effort in. And then you get an opportunity with Nelson Motorsports, and now you're working with, you know, Marcus and, and Triplet and all these smart people, and you have these nice race cars and, you know, really, you know, I'm not going to say everything you need, but, I mean, a way better opportunity. I mean, not necessarily just the equipment, but just the people that you're surrounded with, the direction yeah. that you're working on. How hard and could you go back, if, if that opportunity expired tomorrow, could you go back – and race your own car like you did before, knowing what you know now, and what it takes, and how much effort's going in, and how you know, you know, you think about the people part of it. I mean, if you yeah. go back to just going you and your dad, kind of doing yourself. I mean, would you still have the same drive <laughs> to race, or has the the taste of the, you know, the, just the, I guess you know, just the better opportunity, taken that away? Well, you know. J- Dad and I have talked about this a lot. Um, you know, at the end of every season, we talk about this because there's that possibility that I can't sure. afford it the next year. I mean, that's a very real possibility. And and we've kind of been back and forth about that. I mean, I've been racing since I was six. You know, this is all I know. This is my life. Um, so, of course, I want to do what it takes to compete. But if it come down to it, I, I, w- I would do what I could to, to build my own stuff again and, and, and try to compete. But having said that, I would probably take a season off because I know what I know you now. You understand I now. know what it takes. I know, like, if I want to do something like the Cars Tour, I know where my equipment needs to be, and I know I know what it takes to win. So I would I would probably take a season off, get all my stuff together, get everything I needed that I felt like I needed, and I would try it. I mean, I, I, don't, I really don't believe I would be as, as successful because, like, now, you know, we got four guys that that's their job. They work on them race cars, and, and that's – they – they're full time. They're there every day. Um, sometimes it's till two or three in the morning, and, and on those nights I can be there. Um, but you know, looking at it now, um, you're competing against guys, and I'm sure you're. And sellers is the same way. They got their regular employees that are full time. That's what they do is they work on race cars. I, I know going into it that me coming home and working seven to eleven, you know, four hour shift on my race car every night, sometimes longer, maybe some on a off week, maybe shorter. I know that it's going to be way harder. Uh, I mean, yeah. I just you don't have the time. You st- if you're racing this weekend and you tear something up and you got to race next weekend, you know you got to essentially rebuild it. If you got a front clip, it you got to rebuild a car and and you figure you get to the shop on Monday, you get it back Tuesday. You got two days to build it so you can have it to the track on Friday to test it to make sure everything went the way it's supposed to. I mean, it's it's way harder, but I I, I like that kind of pressure. You know, I, I, I've kind of always been the underdog, you know, like I got used to running our own stuff. So we moved at late model and nobody really talked about me. They didn't know who I was. They really didn't yeah. care. And I, I fed off that, that pressure is what drove me to, to be even better and figure out what I need to do as a driver. Even if the car wasn't there, I would find it. I didn't care what it took. I would, I would move from the inside wall to the outside wall and I would find it and, and make it work. And that would be a fourth or fifth place finish. Whereas to now, if the car is not exactly there, I, I still have to go find it. Just like I mean, and the race car is never perfect. Yeah, I'm just going to ask much. you that. How many? How many? That's something that I want to ask every driver. And I thought about it after last week. Is for the young people. How many times have you both had perfect cars? Never. I never. Right. Like I, I mean, I I, I I know we're always trying to achieve. Right. And there, you 
one by mass quantity of links, Josh. And, and you, I, I, I'm, I don't like. I, I want the young people to understand that they have the steering wheel and they can manipulate the car and they can drive the car. And I'm not saying that your cars aren't set up a little more thoroughly or with more engineering behind them. But at the end of the day, you're still able to to manipulate the car and you may get in something mm -hmm. else both of you either one of you can get in something else and you're not two seconds off where you were yeah. you're not four right. tenths off where you were you know what i mean hey it didn't turn as good so i'm a half a tenth here i'm a half a tenth here but but it's not right w work on becoming you because the race car isn't mysteriously getting better right you know what i mean i think uh, you kind of start talking about that and i, I kind of think of of craig moore I mean, I'm pretty sure from the engine to the chassis, he built that thing from, yep. from ground up. Yep. And you look at South Boston. I mean, that was – if I was a fan, I, I'd, I'd come out – I'd come unglued. I mean, to yeah. see somebody like that win a race like that against who he was racing. At the end of that right. race, everybody was there. Yeah. Uh, the top, the best of the best was there. And I, I've talked to Craig quite a bit, and I know about that car. And you just – I mean, not taking anything away from him, but the guys he was racing with, I know – have a little bit better stuff here and there and here and there sure. and it, it can add up but when it comes down to it he he wanted that win and he and he found a way the car was i could see the car i mean he had wheel i mean he was driving it, it for all he it was had driving it, yeah. and he won the race and and it comes down to like the way i always look at it is who wants it the most you know you, your car is never perfect i mean it can be really really good and you might be scared to i'm sure he's been in this situation where it's so good you really don't want to touch it but you think it needs to be better um, so you just kind of leave it or you adjust it and you make it worse, whatever the case. But still, when it comes down to the last 20 laps, you still got to, if you're in a dogfight, you got to find it. And, and I think Craig Moore is a perfect example. The car wasn't right, and he was the underdog in that situation, and he, he put his elbows up and, and won the race, and that's what, it's, that's what it's all about. How big of a swing was it for you from bearing that whole load of running your family-owned type deal and getting a little bit of help, right? Like, how big of a of a pressure difference is that? I I, I think everybody wants it, but can can you take the good with the bad? You, you know what I mean? How yeah. big of a? Uh, I, I to me it, it almost it, well it, it felt like a ton of pressure because, like I said, you you have to perform. I mean, you're right. we're both put under a lot of scrutiny because of who who we're sure. affiliated with. Sure. It's some of the best of the best, and we got the best people. Um, so you, you know that pressure's there, and you know if you go to South Boston this weekend and run 12th, that's all people's going to talk about. Mm -hmm. That's all they're going to talk about. So you finish 12th in, in a Nelson Motorsports car or a Junior Motorsports car, right. and you know for a fact that it should be better. So there's there's a ton of pressure there to every weekend. You know if you don't finish top three, people's going to say something negative about I, you. I think young people right. a lot of time think, oh, I just get that big ride, and then I don't have to worry about paying the bills. And I don't think they understand the the pressure that comes along with that ride right like they just look at you guys both like oh they've made it right they got the greatest thing that there is and they they don't understand that then the switch flips and it's a different deal because you got people to answer to that's not your dad anymore mm -hmm. and yep. why did you tear this up and hey you know did you work out five times this week because that's what we need you to do nope you you video gamed, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think those things. It's when it becomes real all of a sudden. Yeah. And I, I'm interested in that. That's why I keep. I think that. I mean that. That's what I wanted to get on because I felt like, and, and maybe in a way, what we talked about last week maybe got taken a little bit out of context. But I don't think, at all, 
you know, we were trying to put down this, the local Saturday night racer. No, not I mean, at it's all. just no. a fact of where racing's at now. And but hold on, let me finish. Go ahead. But <laughs> but we're racing that now that you're racing with teams that have three, four, five employees. Correct. Everybody. I mean, just what it takes. It's it's less about you know what or me me what I do. But I mean, I'm more impressed with a Craig Moore or a Deke McCaskill or somebody. Well, I mean, we're not saying right. that you know they can't win. <laughs> right. I mean, we're just saying that it's harder. Oh yeah. What Josh is referring to is uh, Tim McDougald. He's a regular listener huge supporter of Race 22, and he kind of took out of context the the thing about, you know, the grind and how you guys, you know, work full-time and, you know, he took that as, you know, meaning that, you know, the other guys aren't grinding as hard, which isn't the case for sure. I mean, those guys are going and working a full-time job and then going and working yeah, on the listen, car. So I, it, I mean, it's, it's not different. that. I don't, yeah, I don't exactly. think, think the small-time guy really understands how important he is. I truly there. believe that. Yeah. Uh, that, that the 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 small time guy has now become the most undervalued person in the whole pit area because the minute that he stops coming is the minute that it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like the minute yeah. that he stops coming is the minute that the whole sport because not everybody can spend that, but I need the guy and I'm not even saying from a shop perspective, I'm talking about from a racing perspective. You need that guy that works a job, that has his 22-foot trailer, that wants to come. And you know what? He's fine with running 15th, but he's starting. No, I'm not devaluing. I don't think yeah. anybody and wants I mean, to no. see the guy that's the Saturday night racer that doesn't work during the week on it, you know, that has to grind through a normal job. He, he they, they put themselves down all the time, and it really bothers me because – they're actually the most valued person, I think, at the racetrack because people understand the sacrifice that they have to put into it yep. to be able to come because both no. of you two understand the numbers better than anybody. No, I mean, the cost alone just to go, I mean, just in, to run a, a deal like a car store and, and the, the tires and the engines and the entry fees and pit passes and everything. I mean, if you just add it up, I mean, it's astronomical. I mean, I, I couldn't, it's I something know. that I could... I don't know how they do it. I, I don't know how they do it either. I've I mean, calculated I it over and over in my mind because I'm a numbers guy, and I cannot figure it, out it how is, they do it. I mean, it's, it all goes back to this whole thing, you know, that we started talking last week about bringing costs down and stuff. And, I mean, I, it's just – it's gotten so far out there that, I mean, I you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what, which is the right way to go. But, I mean, at, at this point, I mean, everything's expensive. I mean, tires, motors, engines, parts. I mean, it's no doubt. I mean, I think you know certain things get brought brought up more than others, you know, that we've touched on. But I mean, everything's expensive. I mean, I mean, you look at the snowball derby this past what Monday, and I mean, they're, you know, they wipe off pit stops, you know, and that's something that, like, uh, we had talked amongst ourselves today about, and it's like, I mean just the cost alone that those teams are spending. I mean, I don't even think people even know, to know no, how much it costs. No, I, I mean, I, I mean, them guys are getting paid a thousand dollars to go down there. They're each. Getting, yeah. Each, each yeah. five yeah, people, thousand dollars. I think for the, they all want chartered flights. The RCI guys that cost, I, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think Eric Wilson told me it was 10 grand. I think 10 or 15. That's 000. probably right. I mean, I'd say yeah, to get, that was that's with the their travel. Thing. You rent yeah. them, you rent a van. Hotels. I, yeah, I, and I don't think yeah. anybody did it. I don't know if they were allowed to do it at the end, but I think that's what he had said was the minimum cost to be. I mean, so you look. I mean, that's a perfect example of, 
you know, and obviously I'm not saying, you know, with our racing, we don't have live pit stops or whatever, but still, I mean, just think of the cost that that's going to save in itself. I mean, I know some people might not like it, but whatever. I mean, just, uh, I don't think it's not, you know, you can't relearn the technology that we know back in 1985 when they were running the snowball derby and it was me, you and Bobby changing tires for our buddy. Yeah. Having 17 and a half second pit stops. Well, now here we are 25 years later. Now we know that these professional athletes are athletes and can do tire changes at 12 seconds. That's a good place to say that NASCAR did well. At least Martinsville, we don't have a, you know, live pit stop. But before we go down this rabbit hole of talking about cost, okay, (laughs) because we're going to get carried away here. I'm guaranteeing that. I can can see it in Bobby's face over. He's ready to jump. Just hang on. Hang on. Let's, uh, you know, just to update everybody, you know, you're listening. We've, uh, Race 22 Radio here, live from Performance Center Racing Warehouse. Got Bobby McCarty on, uh, myself, Langley Austin, Roger Johnson, and uh, Josh Berry is our special co-host tonight. My producer was not ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I paused he's for the, the station identification, as the, MRN says. He's the only guy not we, in the beer. That's and why we did not get wasn't. it. We got to get him a beer so he can get on uh, on tap here. So anyways, um <clears throat> Now we can go down that rabbit hole, I guess. But let, okay. let's let, right. let's let's start let's start with Spindle since that okay. was last All week's right. conversation. Yeah. Yeah, the, the big um, the hot topic. Obviously, Marcus Richmond chimed in this week, you yeah. know, saying you know wanting to explain that they weren't Kyle Busch, uh, you know, Spindles, and that's you know Josh Berry. That's not what he yeah, meant. He I, just right, meant right, right, what, yeah, what I, everybody yeah. was saying. Yeah, yeah. And, and to address that too, when we get started, I mean that that was my own. I mean, and I texted Marcus to you know apologize because the last thing I was trying to do was to, uh, um, you know lie yeah, or say yeah. the wrong thing yeah. but at the same time i didn't want to name off marcus and then in and all fairness else, that know, was I mean, a perfect explanation that's how everybody i called them what they were perceived at right. yep. i mean and obviously right. i felt like it was up to him or bobby or whoever if, if they wanted to to go further that was up to them but i didn't feel right. like it was my place to name it, off it, everything it won't up to me that's not my department yeah um but yeah i mean uh you know marcus put up a good explanation about the yeah. spindles and, and like we were talking it's not you know like like marcus said it's not it's not a performance deal you know they're, yeah. ju- they're just stronger we don't have to replace spindles every time we bump wheels i mean like like i was telling y'all at kinley we we hit right. so hard it it made the gearbox jump a tooth you know i'm coming down the straightaway and my center line is normally at about 12 30 and i'm coming out at the pits after we done bottomed out the, the tie rods and my center line's at at nine o'clock i mean it was way on out there and we did the best we could and you know, we didn't have to buy new spindles. We had, we we sent them off, got them checked, everything was fine. We brought them back, and and we're set. You know, I just I, I think this is one of those deals that's getting blown entirely out of proportion. I, I really do, because depending on how you look at them, like we was talking, depending on who you get your spindles from, you're looking maybe two fifty to four fifty. Right. And they they bend like you touch wheels, and it bends like a paperclip. And, and then you're having to pay to either get the the steering arm cut off and weld back on or, or the whatever the case. Out of business. Well, <laughs> I mean, you better get to making some. <laughs> just the way I look at it, from from entering a season, knowing that you're planning on running 15, 16 races, or whatever the case, 25, or if you're for whatever reason you want to win a national championship and run 50. I mean, whatever the case, whatever you're doing, if you look at it from how many times you actually bend a spindle it's going to save you in the long run, in my opinion, because sure. you don't have to constantly get them fixed the or whatever the case. I, I'm a, I'm against them. I will tell you that. I'm against them. But I Why? understand your point behind when we switch to the Tiger Hub. When many people switch to that billet hub, it's the same type of, you know, the cost was 
five times more and less people broke them. Right. And, uh, and everyone uh, argued that they had less deflection right, and all that right. stuff too. It, it, so, so this is that, this, we went down that we've road already, and now everybody's back right, to we've already, back what they're running. Right. We've already been down yeah. this road and this is why I'm I, I haven't we have not bought any of them. Right. Only for the simple fact of I, I don't think that we we can definitely go get them just like everybody else. But right. I, I I'm very interested to see how the whole deal shakes out. Because if you think about this, this is a crud storm right here. It is. Because there's a ton of them out there, yeah. and there's a ton of people building them. Now what happens if NASCAR comes in tomorrow and says, hey, by the way, we just updated this rule, and we're not going to allow anything? Which yeah, could happen. That's and now what? That's happened with the Chevy built motor. I mean, you had a lot of people buying these clock heads. I mean, I, I didn't. we couldn't find any. But then I'm going to the racetrack, and they're like, yeah. Greg Martel's got 45 sets of them in his garage. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> he's, exactly. been, he's been but buying them for the last – right, he's, right. this guy is And on the it. only way I did find them was people I talked to was like, oh, yeah, Joe Blow's got 50 of them. Right. They ain't even been touched, but right. they want $3,000 for them. Right. And I talked to my engine builder, and he said, dude, by the time you get done, if you buy them for three grand, and I build them, you're going to have six or seven grand in them. By the time I put bows and everything else, you got six or seven grand just in a set of heads. Now, move forward four years because that's when i started sure you know when when the the clock cab was what everybody wanted where are they they're gone nobody's got them right. i mean this is it's a repeated problem just in different parts of the race car so i mean yeah i agree what's what's the in my opinion it's the same thing we're constantly coming up with stuff we're finding stuff that's better or whatever the case if it you know whatever it is i don't care we're everybody's looking it's our jobs as far as as race car drivers and, and pit crew members you're always looking for something that's going Chassis to be builders better. too same and thing the, yeah, everybody yeah and and to touch on that off you know also with what marcus said and you know their reasoning behind it they also have four or five cars you know so they've they've paid for the you know they have more spindles so they're buying more of them in bulk sure they're which is, you know, they already have CNC programs wrote for, you know, what they have one, two, three different packages, whatever, how many, you know. So those those costs are already through. So, I mean, it's it's cheaper for them because of the amount of cars they have, the amount they race. I mean, so it makes sense for them to do that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just like when we talked about the motors last week that, like I said, from our side of things, like it financially did not make sense for us to run built motors every week. Sure. There's no way. But there's plenty sense. of people that run built motors. Right. So, I mean, everyone has a different different outlook on it. Yeah, I could have made a headline out of that one, too. I mean, it, <laughs> actually, sure last week I went I went and looked just to that thinking about. I was glad about, you didn't because yeah. I figured that one. But, man, I, mean, I, was, I was really hoping I was going to. Though. You know, I, I know that, w you know, we talked to, um, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not naming names because that's what I'm doing, but. That was the cost that we were told, and that you know, and that was without a bell housing or a clutch or an alternator. So I mean, if you want to go to the junkyard and buy four hundred dollars worth of junk parts to bolt on your twenty-eight thousand dollars motor, then I mean, <laughs> you're still you're still looking at <coughs> even more yet. So I don't. I, what about you guys from an engine perspective? I mean, do you guys you guys have everything, or yeah, what, we, what do you have? I, I feel like to run the a touring series, unfortunately, you got to have one of everything. You go to some track. I mean, we. Last year we won two races with the crate motor, and we won the other two with the Harrington. But I mean, when it comes down, you go to some tracks that, that wear out tires. You go to other tracks that you got all the grip in the world. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's give or take. But you know, for someone with my driving style, I go to somewhere like Hickory. I'm going to put a crate motor in because I got right. a lead foot. I have a hard time saving the right rear, and that's right. to me that's something that I'm or, or Myrtle Beach. You know, you're going to take the the engine you got with the least amount of horsepower because for a driver's standpoint. It makes your job easier to make sure you got rubber at the end. So I mean, 
We we have one of everything, unfortunately. Gotcha. But I mean, it's the way the sport's going. So what do you do? Do you want to win races but, or? I, and I don't know this for sure, but I mean, I believe that you have more. They they have more Harrington motors than most. Is to that be the honest, case? I don't. Or you don't really know. I don't. I went. I went to the shop last week and there was blocks everywhere. So I don't. I don't know. I, Means we got. I think we got three Harringtons, three crates, and two Fords. I believe is what we got. I'm not. Don't quote me on that because I have no idea. Gotcha. But got a got a couple of questions coming in here. Um, <clears throat> one uh, one being from Wilton Maxi wanting to know what your 2019 plans are. Uh, right now, um, we're going to run the car store full time, um, and you know working towards the, the I, I want to do the triple crown again um i i gotta figure martinsville out man i don't know <laughs> i don't know why that place hates me so much but uh i, I don't it's not I, just you huh um but yeah uh right now the car store and the triple crown so uh you know what is it 14 races i believe 11 with the car store and three with the triple crown uh, another question was who are your teams for this year uh, as far as I know, the only one that's really committed is Ty Gibbs. Gotcha. Um, that's that's they don't really. And that's for you know, seven races or something. Something like that. something odd races like that. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, Tim McDougall says hi. He's on the he's on the. Hey, I'm sure I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> I'm sure he's, listening. Yeah. he's recording he's, it actually. Yeah, he's, he's got a secondary he's setup. Working like hell on his race car for all he's listening. <laughs> oh man. Um. Question from uh, Stephen. Actually, sitting over here in the, in the, in the crowd here, <coughs> um, wants to know: Do you think you'd run better or worse if you and Triplet had the opportunity to switch positions? <laughs> that's uh, a that's a good uh, one. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we went to to Orange County the first time with the Cars Tour, mm-hmm. and uh, I begged him to bring his his stuff. I legitimately yeah. begged him. I really hope he's listening right now because we we went back and forth and he kept telling me he hurt my feelings and everything else and I don't I don't think he can make it five laps around Orange County no more. Mm. I really don't. <laughs> wow! wow. <laughs> the gauntlet wow. has been thrown down. <laughs> I do no, hope but, he's listening. Uh, I re- hey man, uh, Triplet and I, you know he he has some he couldn't come to the Carswell Bank when for you know he had other obligations but uh, yeah you know when it, when it comes down to it, I, I have the utmost respect for him because um, he kind of he reminds me of of what i come through at the same time you know he was it was him and his dad right you know and they did everything they could then he got with bailey's and then you know yep. things got better for, you know and, and that's i kind of see that's where i'm at now where he's at when he was with bailey's but uh you know uh we, we give each other a hard time <laughs> all the time well if he wasn't on here um Tracy Richmond oh, yeah. just tacked him on <laughs> yeah, here, yeah. so uh, he may be on here very shortly. <laughs> so. I, I hope he, I hope he rewinds it. I, I'm ready, I'm ready to get some stuff started with him. We haven't worked together since the classics, so I got to, I got to get him ready. You know, for for Kenley for the season opener. This is how, this is our relationship. This is how you break him in. Yeah, for the we we talk smack to each other, and that's right. that's how it goes. Now, I assume you're not running the icebreaker? No. No. And no. you're not running the no, icebreaker either, right? No, Josh. Myrtle Beach don't really Ty, fit in my style. And I, don't I think, think what Ty's going? Uh, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Gotcha. Uh, somebody just asked about you uh, going or not. <clears throat> no. Um, of course, everybody uh, everybody chiming in on your comment about David. Old, old Triplet. Yeah. I, I hope yeah. he hears that. <laughs> I'm sure he'll hear it on the replay, and I'm sure people are already telling him about oh, it. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, but yeah, now, I got that uh, marked for next week's soundbite. <laughs> yeah, right. We, uh, like I said, we went to Orange County, and I I really wanted him 
to get into what he puts is i mean he 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 works at the fire department he volunteers at the hospital so and then he still he'll come to the race shop on like wednesday morning he ain't even went to sleep because he worked wow. at the fire department then went to the hospital and then come straight to the race i mean the race shop and he's he's constantly going um and and i i wanted to see him get in it just because he put so much work into him and i know that he can drive i, I don't i don't want to admit it to him but i i know he could still still get the job done but i just want to see him get it one time he put so much work into it i I wanted him to at least feel what he's what he's making here. Well, apparently you two have made uh, a, quite a fan of uh, Vernon Klein, who uh, who owns I believe he owns the '99 car. Uh, I believe his son races it now. I believe that's the only driver they have. Uh, he said this is the biggest biggest load of horse shit coming from two spoon-fed late model drivers. <laughs> so needless to say, he was not tuned in earlier no, to hear the stories. No. But uh, yeah, that, we. That, that's fine, you know. Uh, that's wow. I mean, you know, it's the way the, the sport's going. You see drivers with big-time teams, and people automatically assume, you know. That's Th- why we got this show. That's fine. Thomas Scott just said that uh, Triplett would smoke you. Yeah. And uh, Mike Jones wants to know if we can get Troy McCarty in one. You Man, know, I want to see that, too. Dude, I, I kind of do, too. Look, he got he got in our car one time to pull it in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, Did he, he wreck it? No, he didn't. Uh, but he got it in there, right? And he was like, I can't get out. <laughs> and I'm trying to help him. And I'm like, the trailer we had, like, you, you you, really think I'm playing. But to put things in perspective, our race shop, if you didn't open the gate, I mean, yeah. the, the 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 garage door, you could not walk around the front of the race car. And that's the, that's the God's honest truth. If you did not open the front, you could not walk around it. And our trailer was the same way. We had, like, that much gap on both sides. And then by the time you got the car in there, and you tried to get out, it just, it was tough, you know, and he got in it, but uh, it, it took him a little bit to, to get out. Your, your dad said yeah, he's, he's got his too, I see. Oh. So watch what you say. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, you well, might not want to talk crap hey, about him. You, know, uh, <laughs> you got to see him tomorrow. Yeah, we went to GoPro like two years ago, and the first thing he did was wreck me. That's uh, awesome. I, yeah, I was kind of like, come on, I, I thought we was fixing a race, you know, and he was like, yeah. well, I'm at a disadvantage because I, right. I, I weigh 70 pounds more. Right. And I'm like, well, that's beside the fact, like, I was pushing them, we was catching some people, and then, uh, you know, I couldn't let them beat me, so I was just going to go on past them, and then he sent me through a cornfield. So, uh, it's all good. Yes, uh, Stephen Dunn says that uh, Triplett needs to be in a Nelson car at Orange County for 30000 to win. You know, I would, I would love that. I really would. Like, I, I would. Well, you say I he's would, not even going to make it through practice, well, so it don't no, matter. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I would, and I'm willing to bet that people would show up for this, but I would like to get two of our cars to Orange County and have, like, a 25-lap throwdown just between the two I of us. I think we could sell tickets to that. I'm telling you, because if, if. Live pay-per-view. Especially yeah. if he wrecks you like your dad. Well, no, no. <laughs> oh, God. That would be yeah, great. Uh, but, uh, no. Nah, we I, will live I, pay-per-view that right, deal right there. Right. I would love it because if, if things go the way I plan, I would beat them. And then for, forever, I would never let them forget. Because I know, <laughs> I know for a fact that the shoe was on the other yeah, foot. He, he beat there. me. Oh, <laughs> I would never hear right. the end of it. Right. Never. So I, I, would, I would love that. I really would. All right, switching gears here a little bit. I wanted to, One of the questions that I had to ask you is, you know, last week I said that uh, I consider, you know, Philip Morris, Lee Pulliam, Josh Berry, probably the three top three guys. Where would you consider yourself <clears throat> in, in the ranks of late model stock car drivers? Where are you? Uh, 
Uh, that, must, that must have been a good text <laughs> over there. <laughs> wow. Uh, Triplet just texted me and said, uh, I hear you may be talking some smack there. Ain't <laughs> uh, so he, no he maybe must, about it. Yeah, he must have his ears on. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's give or take. It's, I feel like that's a really hard question to ask because, you know, you look at the Cars Tour. this year, Last year in general, we started out and we was on fire. We had a really right. good first half of the year. And then we started to kind of dwindle off, and, and Lee hit, and, and Lee run really well. Yeah. And then he kind of dwindled off, and then right. Josh and them hit, and they started running really well. Yeah. So it's really – I mean, I, I don't know because when it comes down to it, I've never raced against Josh. I've never raced against Lee or Phillip where I felt like we both had the best that we could put on the table at that time. And I feel like that's the only way you can judge it is if, if – I mean, I, Philip and I had a race at South Boston last year. It was a 60-lap race, and, and we beat the doors off each other for the whole race. And luckily, I was able to get the outside, at, and at South Boston, that's an advantage. And I was able to hold – I think I beat him by, like, his his bumper was at my door, and, and we come out on top. And but somebody, isn't that what everybody wants? Yeah, that's right? that's that, what I love. That, right, I that's love what that. everybody yeah. wants. And, and How do we get more of that? And I know the fans were – I mean – from where I was sitting, and I'm like, this is a hell of a race. Like, yeah. this is unreal. And I'm I'm running the race, and I'm under caution. Like, man, this for me right now, this is the coolest experience I've ever had because this is Philip Morris at South Boston Speedway. And he was on a, uh, a tear at that time. He'd, he'd won two races before that, and we got our stuff better, and, and, and we went at it the whole time. And, and we didn't wreck each other. You know, we there was smoke, and, and door panels was banged in. But, uh, you know, we, we raced each other hard, and, and we finished where we was running. But like I said, I haven't really had that opportunity with Josh or or Lee, and that's the kind of opportunities I, I want, you know. Because again, you need you need stuff like that to bring fans. You know, you, they want to see what they believe is is the best of the best, or or, or Craig against Lee, or whatever the case. They want to see two drivers or or more. You know, preferably I just like for it to be two. You get more than two going for one spot, it never right. never turns out good. Because right. you get two drivers that are elbows up and their cars are at the best that they can be and they're going at it to me that's that's the races i want to have but the the reality of that happening is just it's, it's slim to none i mean it's there's so many variables that go into it it's it's really hard to get two cars that are equally matched and it just comes down to the driver i mean that's that's a tough situation to to get there you know what i mean do you think you get a good and this kind of leads into one of the topics you wanted to talk about a cars tour versus you yeah, know, yeah. nascar races but do you do you feel like you get a better uh version of that opportunity to see the best of the best in a car store race or do you think that you know those you get that in the nascar the bigger nascar I mean, races and, and and i'm glad he's here because I, I want his opinion on this as well but i mean the way i look at it when you if you look at a, a registration list for any car store race there's 12 drivers that could win right and if you wasn't there and you read about it on sunday and and you wouldn't even question it you were just going about your business but yeah you know on with the the NASCAR stuff, you know, you know, if you pull up South Boston, it's going to be Philip or Peyton, and that's not taking nothing away from anybody else. Right. You just know those two guys are really. You actually at that be more track. surprised to see when they don't win. Exactly. Yeah. Right. They got beat I, three it just, times it, this year. Right. So. It just flipped right. for me. Right. Yeah. I'm more surprised when they yeah. didn't win than mm-hmm. I am when they won. And that's not taking nothing away from anybody. Yeah. I mean, those guys are on top of their game at that racetrack, and they're the ones. If you go there for a local race or whatever the case, you know, if they're there, that's who you got to beat. And, I mean, when you show up to a car store race, you have no – from the time you unload Friday until you qualify, you have no idea who it is that you – I mean, you have an idea, but you don't know for a fact that's who I need to beat until qualifying really rolls around. 
I don't know what it is about the tour, but I mean it. It just seems to have leveled the playing field on a lot of aspects. I think we've seen, you know, time and time again. I think we've seen examples of it. You know, I think even you know when Philip came and raced at South Boston, you know, he looks human. You right. Know, Lee sure. Lo- sure. Lee looked human all year. I mean, I've ne- right. I mean Lee. There's a couple races where I mean. We've never really seen seen Lee run like that. I mean, I'm not yeah. putting him down. I mean, I'm not like I said. I'm not. I'm yeah, just saying. I think it was also a different year for him. He I wasn't think so too. As I th- active, I and think he was focused on. I other think, stuff. but uh, you know, there there's a lot going on. Life happens, and yeah. for sure, and you know, I mean, you, the the you just wait till you just have a kid. You're gonna look like that. I'm sure. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I I've looked like a monkey. I don't think it has anything to do with this kid. I think just life happens. He's got a business now. He's got other drivers that he really has to put before. And that was another thing about this year. I mean. When it come down to it, it was it was either him or us winning the championship. But I don't right. really feel like I I beat the Lee Pulliam. Yeah. I think I beat a Lee Pulliam, but I don't right. think it was the Lee that we know should have been racing every weekend. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. I mean, it, it just seems like just I like I said I don't know why I see this, but I mean, you just look at that tour, and for whatever reason, the uh, you go, oh, and wow. I use Hickory for example because that's what I that's what I know. But I mean, we'll go to a tour race and qualify almost four tenths slower than some nights I've seen them qualify on a weekly show. And I mean, I don't think that that's not a slight of competition. I mean, because right. I've been on both sides of it, right. and it's just the tracks change. I think there's so many cars, the tracks rubber up and change, and it just you got to be able to adapt. I think the days of you know, the, I think that's why you see a lot of people that are, you know, the local hot shot at all these tracks you roll in there and you got to be ready to adapt because i mean i think just things change by the minute there i mean you just right. it's just a different different world I, and like i said i don't really know why that is but i mean it it just seems like you know it's a good bit different right just to update on this uh, match race here i believe uh, david triplett has uh, said that he will <laughs> kick his butt he sent uh, bobby a text over here saying that he would kick his he butt said, in a 25 uh, lap race. his exact words and i quote haven't driven a car since 2012, but would embarrass you for 24 <laughs> laps at OCS. <laughs> we need quote. to make this happen. Holding the breath. <laughs> we need to make Holding this happen. Them. Good for him. Hey. Barry Nelson, if you're listening, and I know you did last <laughs> week, we need to make this happen. So let's get it done. I, you know, I, I, I would really enjoy it. I even said something about uh, Timothy Triplett and me, same car, because we're all about the same size and just – Everybody go out for five laps and lay down what you can lay down and see who comes out on top. I don't know if I'm prepared for that, you know, because, <laughs> I mean, uh, you look at both of them at Orange County back in the day and they right. was they was tough to beat. You, know, you might so. want to pick another track for this. Well, to yeah. You know, I, I want to. Neutral site. I am younger, so I'm trying to give them oh. the benefit of the doubt. Wow. Right? That's, that's, that's <laughs> the way I'm looking at it. So wow. uh, I, I'd, I'd just love to do it because we're, I mean, I know Triplett's kind of stepped into the, the crew chief side of this deal, but I, I – <laughs> he's he still wants to I think he still could he wants to get in one. Um but I can't I tried. I tried really hard. He still won't get in. So I'm hoping this will give him that motivation. Tracy Richmond said that she has no idea who told him you were talking junk. <laughs> Just for the record. Yeah, okay. All right. I, I appreciate it, Tracy. <laughs> we we need to friends. make this happen. We need I, to make I'll, this race happen. I think it would be really cool. I, I mean too. I mean for me not just to see who would be better, but this is a guy who's – I mean, this is two guys that's been mentoring me for two years. Legends, yeah, You yeah. know, and they're, yep. they've made me a, a better driver, I feel like, as far as, as what I'm capable of and, and the things I've accomplished. Um, and I just think it – I mean, it, we're all competitors. I mean, every, everybody right. a part of this sport is, is competitive. They're very competitive. Um, and like I said, they, they've done so much for me, and I just like to 
to see where we stand up just one time. Right. Just so, one time. Regardless of the, the end result, I think it'd be cool. Have you ever got the chance to, uh, you know, go head-to-head with Dale Jr.? We we took him testing, yeah. Yeah. How'd that turn out? He actually had a lot of fun. Um, Were you faster? I don't than him? think that was. Did you see that? That's not what he was asking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all I cared about. I didn't really care how much fun he had. Yeah, but I, well, I thought we kind of. That'll yeah. be the next one. Yeah. There it is. Now. Headline this week: Dale, right. uh, Josh Berry better than Dale Jr. Right, according <laughs> to him, anyways. See, no, but um, we we went over to Hickory before his race at Richmond last year, and we we beat up a couple sets of tires and had some fun. It was a it was it was a it was a lot of fun, and then he. Uh, Took us to lunch afterwards, and we went on. Tracy Richmond says we need to put Marcus in one, too. Oh, God. That would be interesting. You Very know, interesting. I don't know if you ever watched Marcus at a racetrack, but if you get the opportunity, just stand there for probably an hour and a half. I'm sure you've seen this, but he looks so mad. Like oh, just yeah. just the face he's got. He's like not he, having fun, man. Oh, he's. I don't. He's think not there <laughs> to have fun. Yeah, but that's what <laughs> no, I'm saying. Not, I don't yeah. think people understand the torture that goes through in your mind oh, trying yeah. to figure out how to. I mean. As much as you don't want to let them down, they don't want to let you down right, either because yeah. that's oh, the yeah. worst feeling in the world. And people think, oh, that guy's mean or he's a prick or whatever. No, no listen, I'm here for no. one reason and one reason only. Right. You, mm-hmm. you guys weren't my friends before we got here, and you're yeah. probably not going to be friends when we leave. <laughs> but I don't want to let these dudes down. If, if if we win, Marcus is the happiest person I've ever seen. But, I mean, again, we're all competitors. We go to win, and, and that's the whole purpose of even doing this. So, uh, you know, again, I, I – talking a lot of smack here but I, I'm I'm really blessed to be where I'm at with the, with the team that I am I mean we say we're a team but really when it comes down to it it feels more like family you know I go to the racetrack with with people I, I love doing this with um, I, I know we can win races together and we have a, a good time doing it um, so I, again when, when it's all said and done at the end of the day I, I couldn't be happier with with where I'm at you know with the people I'm with and and the things that we're doing um <laughs> We got the bartender here. <laughs> Zach oh, Brunner. I'm just um, you guys are good fear. tippers. <laughs> yeah, you need to tip the man before you leave. Um, Vernon, Vernon Klein, who uh, chimed in earlier about you guys being full of shit. Um, he needs to he throw his questions in the chat. He, he, should, he should post his questions. I right, said we got time. He's a used parts salesman, I hear, so he, he probably got some stuff oh, there. Wow. Oh, wow. Big wow. sale. Wow. He, it, uh, I'll just go ahead and tell him right Josh now. Barry. I mean, if he wants to be on the show, right. he can be on the show. All yeah. he's got to do. I mean, he's he's got a lot of credibility in the sport. So hey, come on, just right. message me and let's make it happen. There you go. So, <coughs> Thank um, you. anyways, um, back back on uh, some of the topics that uh, right. you know. I don't know. Uh, I think we covered engines, spindles. Yeah. Um, I got a topic. Car store thing. I want to stop you. All I right, got go a topic. Ahead. Go ahead. It's been brought to my attention a lot here in the last week or two, and I don't know why. But how, how big of a part do you think that testing plays into this deal? You know, if if we look at the business models that work, and I know none of us like to hear it, but we we look at the Bowman Grays or the the whatever. How how much do you feel like? Do either one of you two feel like you would be less prepared if we had to go test? If we couldn't go test compared to if we can, yes, I know mechanically you would know all your travels, all your right. blah, 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 but my, my problem is becoming now that I think there's a lot of people that need to test, meaning younger people that do this and that, but we've almost become uh, habitual testers, and I know the ra- every racetrack in the country is freaking out right now because I'm... I'm not trying you're, to you're blast them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to blast sure. them, but what I don't understand is 
we 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 show some of these other deals where you know the testing has been cut back or almost shut off and and the racing seems to be really really good and you know i know in a lot of little kids sports and a lot of whatever there's no testing a certain amount of time out and you know the cars tour how much do you think that plays because you guys both do quite a bit of testing right I mean, I, I honestly, I'll go first. I, I I don't really think we do a whole lot of testing, honestly. I mean, I think we we go most of the time for like a car store race, for example. We mostly go for you know the Friday practice, which usually amounts to two or three hours, and and it's about the same for a weekly show, probably less, sometimes not at all. To answer your question, I think there is entirely too much testing. Yeah. I think younger drivers are relying on testing too much instead of just cutting their teeth and racing and learning how to race. You know, I think people are just relying too much on test, 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 test. And and we all understand. I mean, a lot of these teams are going to test because they're getting paid to go test. So they go test because they're making money. Yeah, but but in in what it's become, I feel like, is now people feel like, you know, if they don't go if they don't go to a car store race and go test on Thursday, that they're going to get behind. Yes. You know, and and then you end up buying more tires and more fuel and more laps on your motor and more laps on all your all the rest of the equipment. So to answer your question, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think there's a, there's way too much testing. I, I'd I mean, love I to see it stop. I think I think it would be one of the ways. You know, everybody says that the young kids couldn't get as much track time or do whatever, but this is a young. How much are they really picking up if they go six and a half hours over there? You know what I mean? Through ten sets of tires. And I 5, see. I mean, that's laps. what I mean. I, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily understand how you can really learn that because I mean I know that what we do and I mean you make a plan, and you know, a lot of times you have, you know, um, a plan going forth of like you know things you're going to try or whatever and 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 after that never you know, I don't see how way. no it never really <laughs> works that way because you get there and right. it's not what you expect or whatever so I mean, you know. I don't really, and at the same token, I don't know how you necessarily can go about realistically policing it, you know, I mean, because if you said, if you did a, a pass type rule where you couldn't practice seven days before the event, people would just go eight days before the event, right. you know, it's just kind of, sure. it's just kind of a, a perception that I think everyone's taken that they feel like they have to go, and, and I see that so much with the tour, because you just see some more and more people going on Thursday, and when when in reality, you still have, you know, three or four hours of practice on Friday sure, and Saturday. Yeah, there's plenty of practice time. That I feel like is actually more I mean, you got to be there at 6 in the morning yeah. anymore. And, right. and, I mean, I think we don't test that much. Like, yeah, I don't – if it's like, if it's the Hampton Heat or if it's the 200 – whatever, or car store event, we test the Friday before and, and we kind of get an idea of where our car is headed. But, I, I mean, I'm kind of on the fence about, you know, your up-and-coming drivers. I, I, I'm a firm believer if you're not at least – somewhat comfortable in the race car then anything you kind of do is is going to be pointless so i think that you need to at least get in the car make some laps you know at least 100 laps regardless if you're doing it right or if you're doing it wrong but just get familiar with the car familiar with what you're feeling but again you, you like y'all are saying you can only learn so much being out there by yourself and you're going to learn so much more i've been taught more right being behind philip morris and lee Poyan than i have it at any other point Sure. But by I mean, at the beat. same time, you by getting beat, right? That's yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. If you like to win and you get beat enough, you'll get tired of getting beat. Yeah. You figure out how to win, right? I mean, Is I, that not right. simple? Yeah. And, I, I, I don't think anybody. You know, obviously, younger drivers are going to have to run more, but I right. just feel like these people feel like they have to practice, 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 and really, I mean, go run. You know, uh, I mean, you would get. Do you more think out that's of because a, it's non-committal? 
I don't like I, everybody that comes in here after they go over there and test. Everybody is going to now. They're a half second faster than anybody that's been. Everybody, <laughs> I'm telling you, everybody, a hundred right. people, right? If a hundred people go to Hickory a month and test, and uh, they walk through that door, they're all a half second faster than the pole was last week, and they were on old tires from two years ago. Yeah. And but I think that that owners enjoy it, and some young people enjoy it because who's there to tell them that they didn't? Right. right. But uh, I think it's a false way of fooling yourself. I think you you start racing the stopwatch instead of racing the cars, and then you lost. I mean, the way I look at it is I, I, if, if I'm going to test, I want it to be in as close to race as, you know, what it's going to be like in the race as it can possibly be. So, like, with us, with the tour, I don't really feel like, unless you're trying something, like, off the wall, something brand new that you come up with at the race shop, I feel like if you're going to the racetrack by yourself, you're wasting your time because you're not you're not going to be racing with just one car out there on the sure. track. There's going to be so much more sure. rubber. Dep- and depending on the track, like Josh was saying, somewhere like Hickory, it changes so much. Depending on how much rubber is on the track, it, it changes. And, and that's about every racetrack we go to. So like with the I like what the tour does. Everybody gets if it's supers and late models, everybody gets about three hours. Everybody's there, which the is plenty getting, of time. Is that, it is. You're Way right. More than enough. Um, and then we get two sessions on Saturday, which you know, I mean, you can do this however you want, but. There's 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 guys in the tour that they'll get there on Friday and they'll buy four or five sets of tires, and every other time they go out they're on brand new tires, and and, and that's fine, you know I, you know it's, Are you it's calling whatever. Out Josh or no, I'm just kidding. no, uh, <laughs> no, um, you know it's it's whatever you want to do, but I mean like I said, we buy two sets every weekend, and and that's how we that's how we've always done it, and like I said, you get three or four hours Friday, you get two fifteen or two thirty minute practice sessions on Saturday, I mean if you and I'm sure he can relate to this. If you're, if you unload at the track and you're not within two tenths, you know you're, you got a problem. You know, yeah. regardless of the situation. I mean, you got to be on top of your game at the race shop and make sure everything's. But do you not think it brings the little guy closer if we figure out a way to get rid of some of that? The little guy that doesn't have that time, right? Like you're doing your own deal. Back right. when you're, does it not? Do, do you not think that we bring the racing somewhat closer at that point for some? Or not really. Well, I mean, again, like when we was doing my own deal, uh, like at 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 my parents' shop, is my dad, myself, my mom, my brother-in-law, and one other guy. So, like, if I was to do this on my own again, I, my dad and I cannot leave work, sure, for a full day. And, and this it was the same way back when we was doing it back, you know, when when we was doing it on our own, we we couldn't do that. We couldn't afford to do that because we have too much stuff that that him or I need to do. So we financially just couldn't leave for for a day when it was when it was when it's us five um and to be honest which i'm this might be the exception to the rule but i felt like the the more we test the worse we actually was at, at as far as performance wise you know if we went down for like a friday night practice where we're closer to, to race situations you know we ran better versus if we went on a tuesday after it rained two inches and there's no rubber on the track and we got fast that day but then we get to the racetrack on friday we're two and a half tenths off because we set up to a green track, and now right. the track's rubbered up. So I mean, I mean, I don't know how it's it, it's really how you want to look at it, but I don't, I don't really think testing's that unless you're brand new to a car. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, Thomas Bean chiming in on the uh, uh, live feed says that uh, no testing in five minutes of practice, and he would be happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Got to give Thomas a shout out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, uh, that's what happened at Kinley. I mean, we tested, but then it it rained yeah. all day Saturday, and 
we threw yeah. the kitchen sink at our Sunday morning and went straight into qualifying, and I, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Scott is for no testing. Jason Stanley said that how else would uh, we uh, how else would you suppose that we test these badass billet spindles? <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I'm trying to stop. Hang on, you're at work right here. Um, I think it's operator error. The computer works fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vernon Klein says he'll be on the show, so just message me. We'll uh, we'll make that happen. Um, Plenty of comments coming in. I'll uh, try to catch up on them here in a minute. Uh, Bobby, one of the other topics that you uh, you had uh, brought up was, you know, where racing, late model stock car racing is, and where it's headed, and where do you where do you feel it's at, and where do you think it's headed? I I, I don't. I think it's going in a, a terrible direction, and I, I don't know what you think about this, but every year they're coming out with a new upgrade to an engine, whatever yeah. the case is, and it costs you six or seven grand, or they come out with right. a, a new engine. You know, like the Harrington, which I, I think the Harrington is is a is a good engine because it's a it's a cheaper engine. But uh, I mean, I, I just don't like how every year we we've got some kind of new engine package. And I, I mean, I've been doing late model racing for four or five years, but I've been racing my whole life, and I've seen a lot of sport, you know, a lot of series throughout my years of racing that was thriving, and then they started doing exactly what's going on now, and went from being if you won there, you were somebody to nobody even cares. I mean, I just don't like how every year is, is something new. I mean, I think at this point, regardless of how you go, you're going to make somebody mad. But I think we got the Harrington. We got the – everybody calls it the Ford crate motor, but I believe yeah. it's a Ford aluminum head built motor. Sure. I mean, that's that's where it's at now. It's, you don't yeah. race it out the crate. Right. So I think at this point you get the Harrington in the crate as close as you possibly can. And that be and, it. And you go on about your business. Everything else needs to be taken out. So basically both of you guys, because everything else is eliminated at the end of this year except for the spec motor. So both of you guys think that the spec motor should be done away with and yeah. just keep those two engines. I mean, I think so. The Harrington's a, a cheaper engine. Headline makes, for this week. Oh, yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that Racers <laughs> agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I – I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Now, I don't know how the, you get to that point. The only guy not agreeing with that is this guy is with it, the spec engine. Right, that's it. Right, Everybody yeah. else is, I think, 100% in. But the guy. But, again, I mean, a spec engine, you're going to spend, what, six or seven grand to get it rebuilt? I mean, that's give cheap. It, yeah, and that's cheap. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, and that depends on if you need pistons <laughs> Hello, or Justin. not. <laughs> that's cheap. He didn't want to move forward. Again, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, it, it, it varies. So. If you don't have to replace pistons, it's going to be cheap and be way more expensive. And at that rate, I mean, you could buy a Harrington and and be done with it. It's more power. It's a it's a cheaper engine to upkeep. I mean, I just don't I don't understand. You know why? What's the what's the argue here? I mean, it's it's of course again it's going to it's going to cost some people a little bit more to get going. But once it gets set, I mean, you got your two engines, your Chevy, your Ford, and you go on back. All right. Business. So what do you tell so? What do you? Here's a perfect example. What we were talking about earlier. So, what do you tell? What do you tell Daryl Poe? What do you tell guys? That well, they're building those. So, yeah, they're, they're, I, so you're saying still them. leave yeah. them open where everybody can yeah. build them now? Yeah, I, th I don't think it needs to be a monopoly on who builds the motors. Right. I mean, you should still right. have your options because Daryl might do it this way and Billy Banks might do it this way. I mean, sure. it's still, I mean, everybody sure. still does their own different things. It so is. you're cool with the. I just wanted to clarify. You're cool with it being open as a Chevy crate or a Ford crate, let's call it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah however and, you want to call it. And still yeah. allowing anybody to build them as yeah. long as those tolerances are right. Or inspect. I yep. mean, I, I, I'm not that knowledgeable about 
you know the ins and outs of the built motors but i mean i know that you, a lot of the parts are open enough that you can spend twenty five hundred dollars on a crankshaft yep. i mean maybe it's time to look at rules to bring the cost down of that where it's not you're not putting the guys out but i mean right. why do, why does why do you need that you know i mean a harrington motor has a three hundred dollar set of rods in it yeah, you right. know what, what right. does a built motor right. have right. you know i mean uh, and they're essentially throwaway heads. I mean, you. I mean, I, and, and you I don't, and I don't necessarily. I mean, obviously, in a perfect world, if everybody you know had that and was able to do that, I think that would be a good option. But realistically, there's a lot of racers that have those motors, and you got to account for that because I mean, for the most part, a lot of tracks don't have. Right, we can't afford to lose them. We can't counts. afford to lose them. So, I mean, That's you got to right. understand. You got to see both sides of it. I mean, it's a difficult situation, and it's gotten it's gotten out of hand. Yeah, maybe, but, but like like I said, at this point. You got your your spec drivers and you got your Harrington drivers and then you got I mean you did have your Ford crate drivers, but we're getting to the point now where we're going to somewhere like Martinsville and we're trying to pick and choose on who we cater to. You know you're trying to take power from them or give them power, whatever the case. And I just feel like we're getting too far out on trying to make two engines. I, I mean like I said, I went to school to build engines. I, I understand engines from the front to the back. You will never convince me that you will get a two-barrel to be as equivalent to a four-barrel. Right. I don't care what you tell me. It'll right. never happen. Right. Just because they're they're two entirely different animals. But at the same time, you can take any you could take a super late model engine and put a two-barrel carburetor on and choke it down and make it the same as a, a any other two-barrel engine. But I just think at at this point, we're either four-barrel or two-barrel. We're either Harrington and Ford sure. or whatever. I mean, you get what I'm saying. I just yeah, don't. I agree. Uh, this is this is what bothers me is everybody wants to talk about a set of spindles that that cost two grand, but they have no problem with every year having to spend another six or seven thousand dollars on a motor, and they don't say. I mean, you don't really hear that much. Everybody's kind of got to the point where oh, they that's just no, that's normal. To do yeah, right. that's normal. It's like that's it's literally. like well, yeah. it is normal. It, I mean, it's like, it is, yeah, but it's like a set of tires costing seven hundred dollars. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. just nor used it, to it you're now. Used you to it. Yeah, seven hundred dollars set, and you need two sets every week. So everybody's still expensive. Budget for it. Yeah, and I agree. I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't I, – I think it's going in not – the direction it's headed, I don't think it's going to turn out too good unless we put a stop to it now and, and, and come to some kind of agreement. But again, who do you who do you sit down and have this talk with to come up with this agreement? Well, I mean, I mean that, that was that was kind of the, the that the was kind of the portion right? of our yeah. show last week, yeah. right? Like, I, I would love to address some of these issues with somebody, but yeah. who? We, we have no leader, right? right. Yeah. Who, who? And, and that's what I like right. about the car stores is they keep everybody involved. You you know who you got to deal with and who right. you need to talk to about this stuff, and and they don't they don't wait for you to come to them. I mean, they yeah. they will come to you and talk about different situations and and what you feel on the new cam for the Ford crate or sure. whatever right. the case they bring the topic up to you and y'all actually have a conversation and then they they come together and come up with an agreement and then i mean everybody knows about it they done been talking to you about it and they've right. got everybody's input and you know it's coming to to nascar's credit not that we have a leader but if we did he they would still be dealing with a whole lot more people the car store is dealing with you know 20 people or 25 right. people yeah. whereas you'd be dealing with you know 100 150 right. i mean that's, that's what nascar is totally different because yeah. right. every little region has different you right. know, everybody's gonna have different amount of motors every track requires that's a different a motor right. package that i mean i, I mean it right. just at the end of the day i mean really it just shows i i, I cannot stress enough that I, I can't believe after Martinsville they didn't pull motors and dyno them. Yeah. I, I just can't I don't understand think they did much yeah, but of the, anything. But then it makes it real. 
but then Wait. everybody knows. It, right. right now we're, ch- <laughs> we're all chasing. Right. For the I'm last saying. three years, yeah. we've then been it makes it real. we've been chasing ghosts. That's right. all we've been doing. Yeah, this right. motor makes this. We this can motor makes that. that. No one then. knows. Right. The only people to do it were the car store. They yanked motors yeah. out after yeah. Myrtle they, Beach they in sixteen, after Hickory in eighteen, probably another time. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's another cool thing that you they yank do. them out. They sit there and watch you. They ha- hauled them to a, a neutral dyno site and dyned them, and that's what they were. And they, if it's good, they call it like we after we won Hickory, they we go to Tech and they're like, we want your motor. And I thought we was tearing. I mean, it's a Chevy Crate motor, so yeah. you know it is. Well, I thought we was tearing it apart, and they was CC and stuff and this and that. Right. And we get it out, and, and I'm, again, I'm new to the series. So I have I'm oblivious. Yeah. I'm expecting the heads to come off and the crank to come right. out and everything else. And they're like. We, you know, we, we own a Chevy Crate, and, and we've got it maxed out, and we know what it needs to dyno at this dyno. Right. If it dynos below that, you come and get your motor, and you're on your way. But if it dynos above that, we're going to call and let you know we're going to tear it apart. So, But I love it, that, right? That I, I love that. Everybody. When, when it comes I, down I, to it, I, I lost way that. easier for we, anybody. We lost two in, two days without an engine. Yeah. But I didn't have to Who cares? I didn't you have to pay six grand. Three, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, I didn't right. pay nobody to put it back together. Yeah. And, and to me, that was that was a cool. They they told us they're, they're going to dyno it at nine. Uh, they called us at eight forty five. Like we just ran it's fine. Right. And we right. we we was going to uh, I think South Boston after. So we were putting the Harrington in anyways. So I mean, it cost me it cost us two days without the crate motor, but we wasn't running it again at that next weekend. So it didn't right. cost me no money. It actually cost them money. It didn't cost me anything other than fuel just going to pick the motor up. You right. know. So I mean, I I think that's. That's another positive where you don't have to win a race and, and win six grand. Or if you're running NASCAR, if it's a twin night, you win fifteen hundred dollars, and then they pull your heads off, and then you got to spend twenty five hundred dollars put it back together. So what'd you win? You won a trophy. You right. know, when it comes down to it, that's all you won. Right. Uh, just in case you just joined us, uh, you're listening to uh, Race 22 Radio. We're broadcasting live here from uh, Performance Center Racing Warehouse in Statesville, North Carolina. Uh, I'm Langley Austin, and uh, my co-hosts for tonight are Roger Johnson and uh, Josh Berry, and we're talking with uh, Car Store Champion Bobby McCarty. Race, 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 race. 22, race, 22 Radio. Man, my uh, my producer was on it that time. Right, you put his, be- <laughs> you put his beard down. He might have missed the first one, but he, he got the second. Put his beard long enough to get it. Um, Thomas Scott chimed in and talking about the spec motor. He said, "If the spec motor's out, you'll lose 50 racers a region." Um, I think 50 is exaggerated, but well, I don't think he's. Sure. I don't think he's. I, I guess he's 25. His, you would lose his opinion racers, is not sure. probably yeah. short term. Maybe uh, I mean they're short term. I agree. Is like. Like, South Boston's already talking about bringing, I think they're talking about the old Chevrolet built motor, the steelhead yeah. built motor, into their limited program. It is program. in their limited division. Right, yeah. So, if, like, the only way to do this right is the fans, when they're watching the limited cars versus the late model cars, they can't see that the late models are six-tenths faster than the limiteds or, or right. whatever the case. Right. They just know it's two different classes. They right. don't they don't really have that understanding. So, right. I mean, the only way you can successfully do this, and I think, in, in my opinion, if you if you're bringing that kind of horsepower into the limited class, then there's no point in even having the limited class because that's a, a a stepping right. stone. You're trying to get prepared to yeah. move into late models. So if you you're bringing in built motors and that kind of horsepower, then you're defeating the purpose of even having a limited class. Un- unfortunately, outside of Virginia, pretty much every class of limiteds down here in North Carolina has Harringtons. Yeah, spec. Sure, I mean, they have sure. And, and There's right. really no difference. There is yeah. no There's difference. No and that's, that's the problem. How many tires because when I the tires, yeah. that that is, that's the biggest difference yeah, sure, right there. It is, it when is. I come into this deal, I thought the way this worked was limited ran this and late model run this, right. and that was for and three was or four years, right? And then when the late model 
portion come out with a different design that design moved down to the limits right so that way it was still relevant they could still at least get 50 percent of their investment or whatever it is the late model guys the limited guys could buy that the late model guys move on to the next stuff and that's how it progresses yeah, what but, i thought right, right but apparently i was yeah but you entirely weren't wrong. wrong the problem is nobody has any patience anymore well, that and every N- racetrack looking for every car they can get and right, any yeah. way they yep. can do it. If we've got to add this engine, yeah. if we've got to figure this out, the, that's all they're going to yeah, do. Yeah, but right. the day you're old enough to run late model stock, you run late model stock now. Well, sure, sure. Th- that's but then it. people if are you, looking at it. got the funds. Then yeah. people right, are looking that's at it. it they right? don't have to buy money. Even the guys that don't have the funds. People are moving exponentially right, right. the wrong way, and, and it's, a, it's, it's what causes a big problem. Yeah, Go, going back to the testing, and this is the last thing I want to talk about on the testing, but uh, Martinsville winner, C. E. Falk, uh, chimed in. He said that uh, he depends on testing because he doesn't race a lot, and there just isn't enough time on race day to try different things. And he said he's just talking about practicing on a Thursday or all-day Friday and not on a Tuesday. Well, I mean, I don't think we're talking about yeah, the person that races right, four or five times a year. Right, I mean, that's, yeah, we're talking yeah, that's about the people who race every weekend. Yeah, right. Or every other but how, other how would but how would you eliminate the guys who are racing every week from testing and allow people you know to test that don't race all the time I mean that's that'd be extremely hard I mean I think that's where you can't I mean you don't know I mean right yeah I mean we're just talking about the people that go and run laps and laps and laps and laps and laps and don't I mean it's not they gotta you, race you guys have definitely brought up the uh, drawn some the ire of the uh, spec motor guys uh, uh, Jason Barnes said that uh, so all of us with specs just quit then and all the tracks loose uh, spec were legal were legal before the Harrington well that's actually not true um, no they were no actually both that. legalized yeah. at the exact <laughs> same no, time. no one is saying that's not that what we're at getting at all we're, like, we're getting at is we're not saying we, that at all. Josh all we're Bray saying will be a is that on the show from here on out. <laughs> we have eight <laughs> engine packages. Yeah, and, and right. the two cheapest should them. be the best for long term. Right, right. right, exactly. We're looking at the long term of the sport, and, and that's my biggest problem that I have now is nobody's looking at long term. They're all looking for the next best thing for the next six months. Yeah, right. and, and that's a problem. Nobody's looking at long term on how to make this this it, last. Right. If you would tell me that my margin would go down ten or fifteen percent, but I would save the racer money and hopefully help to get it back to the right Where way, it needs to be. I would give it to you because here's what I realize. I realize that if we continue on the path that we're on, although my shop is full of cars and I'm very appreciative, right. we will lose. Yeah. We yeah. will completely Without lose. If we If something doesn't change in the next little bit, we will com- – in the next five years, none of this will be around that all of us like. Right. And, and we know this is going to – go for the next four years but what's it going to be in 10 years right it, i it, mean if you honestly think about it right now where would you believe that the engines are going to be in 10 years the way they're going right now exactly that's my whole point horsepower we'll yeah. drag cars. exactly <laughs> we'll be 850 horsepower <laughs> and we'll still have the you know chevrolet calibers you can buy for right, a 71 right you know what i mean right. Um, oh, now we're talking about brakes. Oh, God, don't get started. Please, <laughs> please <Man>. talk. <laughs> um, Carl Bajeski chimed in and said, everyone's always talking about the horsepower, but uh, never the torque and difference. Um, <clears throat> trying well, to catch again, up. But we don't know well, because again, no one's ever done it, really. Like you look at KBM spindles, I mean, that's what everybody talks about is, is horsepower. Nobody refers to torque. I mean, again, I – I've talked to you about this before. I went to school. I built engines. I know horsepower is a number that comes out of a formula. Torque is the only measurement you can get from a dyno. But when you go to a racetrack and you talk to somebody about engines, they're talking about horsepower. Right. They don't talk about torque. You know. So if I if you're talking horsepower and I'm talking torque, then we're not having the same conversation, right? Right. Right. But if we don't dyno them, we never know. 
Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, and I guess it's that's the goal. We just don't do it. We oh, just keep changing. Right, because it you allows you to. You just go off of what this guy's right. dino it, said at this correct. day. On, you know, I mean, it's, there's only one way to know for sure. Facts don't want to come out because yeah. then facts hold people accountable. Uh, Jody Cash chiming in said it's time to form a short track racing council. And uh, don't forget, uh, it's for all classes to work on. Um, it, and, and I, I think, think that's a great move. Before, it, before any of you was to begin a council, who would you put in it? Like honestly, if you had well, ten that, people to pick right I now, believe who, who that's, would that's really easy to figure. The yeah. cars tour, well, who you tried take, doing you, that? You go, I believe. You go with guys who you take two or three of the top guys, and you take two or three of the bottom guys, and then you bring in industry people, and that's where you take that whole. That that's really simple to do. I mean, that, that could be. I've thought about that a million times, but at the end of the day, the whole council thing, <laughs> NASCAR was its most successful when they didn't have that crap. You need a leader, and right. once you have a leader, it all falls that in. listens to everybody. You don't need that council. You don't right. need all that. Yeah. But I don't what do I know? I don't know anything about this business. <laughs> um Greg Marlowe says we need to make all the engines weigh the same. Um oh Lord. Uh no Harrington and Limited uh is what uh uh Gene Light says. I, I agree with that. It. I agree. Okay. I agree one hundred percent. Let's talk about the other side of it. Here's a here's the one thing though. So now if we have a kid, a young guy that's thirteen years old and his dad doesn't have tons of funds, but he knows he wants to move him to a late model deal in a year or two. So me as a dad that would want to come into this, I would want to buy the motor that I knew I was going to get my longevity out of. So I'm cool with it, but I think there's, as a baseline, but I think it's got to be, I think somebody's got to do it right. Like somebody has to really pull the motors, really look at them, really dyno them, really see where we need to truly be. And then... That's it. Meaning, so you put it out there, and then that's it. So if, if the Ford is better here or this is better here, great. And that's what right. it is. But you only got two options. Right. So you got a 50-50 shot of yeah. having the right motor. <laughs> so there is, uh, from what I understand, there is a Ford limited motor. Yes, right? the Junior. JR. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't really read into it much, but yeah. I would be curious as what's the – would it be possible if you just pulled the the heads off the limited motor and put the heads for the the late model motor on it? With, I mean, I don't know nothing about it. But I, I my question somebody is, somebody smarter is than the four of us. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Have I, I, don't, I don't read I, I on don't it. But about if that. you like with what you're going at, if you could set it up where if you're running the Ford or the Chevrolet and you could use the same block and just change your heads or change your intake, yeah. then I think this you're right there. You know, you can where, easily step up. Like where well, like when I did it, I had a a 3,000, well, I mean, uh, we bought our crate motor from Modern Chevrolet for, I think it was $3,800, and then when I went to move up to late model, I had to buy, uh, it was, the motor was twelve grand, but it was three years old, so I had to put $8,000 worth of updates in it. Right. But, but if that, you can use the same block. That worked for the 603, 604 deal was kind of the same right, yeah, thing, you right? You Different heads the heads, intake, yeah, and you, you go with go. the blocks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think <laughs> this is, that's a difficult I mean, I see what he, what Bobby's saying with about the horsepower difference, but but honestly, I'm leaning more towards the point that you brought up. That I mean, if this is the best motor long term for late model right, racing, I don't understand build how it around it to to try to incorporate. Right, it. like I, many of the others do. Right, like you don't. Let's look at legend car racing like, or quarter midgets yeah. I mean, or go karts or whatever. Right, they played them, they restrict them, they do, but it's still the same bulk item. So. The thing is now you as a bigger team have more parts. You as a little guy has more access to more parts. parts. So, therefore, right. you can get them cheaper if you want to because they're more readily so available. Many, yeah. And 
you restrict them some other way. I mean, I, I just don't understand because every other form of racing that I can come up with does it this way. But we, because we're special and there's some NASCAR deal here and this is where think differently. And I just I can't get my head around that point. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, both sides to that for sure. I mean, there's a good argument to be made either way. Uh, Billy Billy Townsend chimed in said the little Hickory engine was the best engine for late model racing for about $10,000 you could run up front. Now not many tracks will let you run it. Well, that's because they're trying to uh, rein in the engines and actually have less of them. But you can run the little Hickory engine in many of the limited programs. So. By the time I come into it, I don't even, I don't think, even think the I don't Hickory... Know. What, yeah. uh, what yeah. the engine you just talked about was even until you know. I went to promote Southern National, I didn't know what the hell it was. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not familiar with it at all either. I mean, <clears throat> um, West Farrell chiming in says it's the blind leading the blind right now. We uh, we probably couldn't. Are agree we blind? More. Well, I don't. We might have been blind. talking about us. I don't, I don't know. I, I, either way, I think that could go a lot of ways. I think right he's there. referring to uh, you know the uh, management of yeah. But uh, I mean, racing. again, like. Not bashing any series because that's the last thing we need in a in a struggling sure atmosphere. Yeah, you right. can't but, talk, Joe. Right. So the way I look at it, like with with the NASCAR Wheel and All American Series, you pay for a NASCAR license. They send you a NASCAR rule book, but what's that's a paper? I mean, it, what do you do with that? Because you go to each racetrack, <laughs> everybody does their own thing. Right. So then you're curious, like, well, what's this track doing? Like, if I want, if I'm off this weekend and I want to go race there, then what do I got to change, or what do I need to do different? So I mean, I don't know. I I kind of like the way the the car store has everything set in right. place. You know what you got. You know who you got to deal with. They have answers, and they do it kind of their own way. But I mean, it it works. You know, it, it's worked so far. <laughs> Gene Light says the Ted book is toilet paper. Um, <laughs> I have seen Greg Marlowe throw almost everyone away we've ever had in here. Yeah, <laughs> that was so a great clear. story you told. It's the <laughs> truth. Everyone <laughs> yeah, right, that's ever been right. in here, he throws them away. Um, it makes it hell with me. All right, I think we spent enough time talking about engines here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. One thing going back to you know, you, you at Nelson and, and your season last year, you mentioned earlier that uh, you guys didn't run as good second half of the season. You yeah. Know, you got four wins early on in the season. What do you think happened, and why didn't you run as good, or did everybody catch up with you? What happened? You know, I think I think a lot of people caught up. Um, I, I think at the beginning of the year, our cars were a little bit better on the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the year went on, we kind of – I don't really feel like we fell off. Um, I just feel like everybody else got better, and – you know, I kind of felt like we got stagnant for a little bit and just kind of was in a rut. And then, uh, you know, the whole points deal kind of started to to settle in. And I know you talked about it last week, and, and points racing is, is really the – I wouldn't say it's the worst racing, but as, as far as a driver and you want to go out and win races, you know, you really don't want to be mindful of every every move that you make, you know. So uh, I kind of got caught up – I've never won a late model stock championship before, and I got caught up in the points, and I – I mean, it's it's more my fault than anything because I got more worried about where Lee was right. instead of worrying about really what I was doing as far as making sure that our cars were where they needed I mean, to it, be. It, I mean, it's I mean that's what it is. I mean, it's I think points that's racing, I mean, yeah. it's, it's it is what it is. I mean, you're doing what you get you get to that point, and you, I mean, you're ignorant if you don't right, pay yeah. attention. So to like it. it so I mean, you got to race. Yeah, race at, who you're racing. You at know? South I mean, Boston, we had a uh, I feel like we had a car that could win the race. Um, unfortunately, the right front rim broke just out of nowhere you know wasn't wasn't a camera issue or nothing like that we just had a rim break and we went to the back you know we changed it went to the back and uh you know working our way up through the field i get to around 12th to 15th 
and they're going three wide out the corner, turning each other into the pit walls and, and stuff like that. And you just, the car, we finished ninth. The car was way better than ninth place. But at the same time, I kind of got caught up in that deal. It's the last race. Lee could have caught me if things would have went south. If I would have hit the wall when that rim broke, Lee could have caught us. Right. And I'm getting back through the field, and I'm I'm still – I kind of feel like we got that cushion, so I'm coming through the field with a fresh right front. I'm like, well, we're going to win this race. And then I get to mid-pack, and that's where the hornet's nest is, and they're wrecking each other, and they're doing you know, their deal or, or whatever the case, and they're not – aware of their surroundings and they shouldn't be they're there to win a race just like everybody else um and i got to that point and we got to where it was ninth or so and and everybody was still racing each other really really hard and i just didn't want to be in that situation because it still could have been lost at that time so you know we kind of and i'm not making excuses i it, it should have never happened i should have been more geared towards winning races um but you know just kind of backed off and i don't really feel that that was our whole issue you know we went to Langley and we we was really fast at Langley I know everybody said the the zero one was in a different field you know at, at Langley and in qualifying he was the temperature dropped about 15 degrees so in that in in a perfect world for Philip Morris you take the sun out of the equation for qualifying with four brand new tires he's going to lay down a lap that you've never seen in your life and that's a guaranteed fact every time um and you know he put it on us in qualifying and I felt like in the race our car was just as good and you know, I'd start getting to that point where we hadn't won in a while. Um, the pressure started to sink in. I, I, I put, you could say I, I, I forced uh, my way under the, the zero two or the 40 car. And, you know, that's a give or take situation, but we made contact and it, 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 uh, it kind of ended our day. Um, but, you know, I kind of got to that point where we hadn't been winning. Like I was telling you earlier, you're driving for a team of this caliber and you, you feel like yeah. you should be winning. Yeah. And uh, when we got away from the car store, I just started doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. You know, just right. putting the car in the wrong spots, uh, not really setting up my my position on the, the guy in front of me like I should have, and, uh, you know, just kind of reflected. Speaking of doing things that you're not supposed to, Martinsville qualifying. Got tossed oh. out. Wow. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Man. I had to go there. Well, bam! Man. I'm Off sorry, the I had to go there. That's, that's painful. I, tell he tell waited, us what listen, happened. Listen, hold on. He waited. You got to give him credit. He waited an hour and forty minutes into this thing before he I, you dropped did. it. You on. opened I, the door. I, I, he I softened you that. up, let I you have a little that. bit of beer, and then dropped right. it right on. Uh, so, you know, when it comes down to it, we push the line. I mean, uh, I don't agree with it. I mean, you build race cars. You understand. Y'all both understand front suspension stuff like that. So. You know, they're trying to check. They're putting a, a bubble gauge on a piece of steel that bolts to the hub, and they're trying to check, you know, for level. But we're on a, a floor that's got a 1.2-degree slope to it. You know, and we tested that with the smart level. We checked it three or four times. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, I can argue that fact all day. They didn't put grease plates under the, the, the pieces that they were using. So when you set the car down, you could actually see the plate. But, again, they checked, what is it, 12 cars, okay. and the rest of them passed. Except, I mean, for, except for your, ours. Your whole team. Right, except yeah. For one except for one. Um, but, you know. Yeah, but isn't that what it's supposed to be about? Well, you're supposed to right? push like, the limits, right? And right. and the way we check it, obviously, wasn't the way they check it. Because, right. again, they just threw, you know, they, the whole deal with Corey Heim and everything right. else. Nobody in their right mind would really. Well, that's kind of what I thought. Right, exactly. And the way we checked it, and, and we'd run the, the same stuff every weekend. We never changed it. Right. God's honest truth. And. <laughs> It checked wrong. I'm not, you know, we're not really sure how, but when it comes down to it, I, feel, I honestly believe if they was willing to to do that and, and check it 
after qualifying and, and throw people out for it, they got a new tool, right? So if you got a new tool that checks something, then I think for all your competitors, I don't think it's something that they could say, all right, we got a new tool to check rear camber. Right. We're going to check it before qualifying. I mean, you right. can't. You got too many cars to I, do what I, you did. I just don't like the post race thing, yeah, well, right? right. Like, well, late model stock car short track racing. I hate. I think the post race deal gives everybody an out, and right. I think it's bull. Yeah. Right. I think well, like check them before. Well, this was post qualifying. I, I, I understand, right. yeah, yeah. but I don't care. I don't care if it was post qualifying, <laughs> post whatever. Well, well, I, my I felt whole point like they is were trying to be slick by. Because they didn't do tech like they normally no, do. No, they didn't. So they, um, they tried to get people, and I don't, I don't like that. And, and like I said, when it comes down to it, our stuff was the only stuff that checked wrong. There, there's no arguing that. you know. But the way I feel is if you're willing to make those decisions and, and throw people out over it, and you have a new tool that you use to tech something, I believe in the driver's meeting on Friday or whatever the case, they should say, hey, we got this new tool, and, and we, we're checking this stuff. If you want to bring your stuff by. Yeah, but they didn't want to tip their hand. Yeah, I know, they, I know. They didn't and, want to tip and, their and hand. They, I, I agree. They it, wanted it, to make like, an example out of somebody. I, right, and, and, and listen, I've got, I, I've I've got, got caught with my hand right. in the cookie jar. I, I'm sure you have, too. I, never, I mean, that's just the way it is. So Scott Kilby at Hickory said this to me once. Like, man, every time I take apart one of these motors or something like that, I hold my breath. Sure know, he he's does. Like, man, I, he's like, I don't want it he, to be wrong. Right. Right. But it's like you have some situations where you feel like that they just really want it to be wrong. Right. Right. And like I said, when it. When it comes down to it, they check 12 cars, and and our four checked wrong, and that's fine. You know, we we fixed it, and we come from dead last in our heat to ninth. Then we come from I think it was 39th to sixth in the race. So obviously, you know, it was a big performance. You know, enhancing part that we had. Um, but like I said, when it comes down to it, I, I and, and I've had this conversation with with Chris Ragel plenty of times, and, and Jack Minnelli. You're a take official. We're we're a race team. Our job oh, is to push war. the limits, and and your job is to right. keep those limits in check. Now we're we both have our jobs to do, but when it comes down to the fact, we can still respect each other, right. and, and we can do this in a respectable way where sure. everybody. It, it might not be the decision you wanted it to be, but it's a decision that you can understand. And again, I just felt like if you come out with a new tool to that you use in tech. To me, I felt like in, in a respectful way they could have said, "Hey, we got this new tool." If you want to come check your stuff before right. qualifying, you you it's sitting right here. You can bring it over here. You can check it yourself. It's all, it's up to y'all, and that's the end of it. But they never give anybody that option. They you know nobody had no idea about it. And sorry, but and a lot of the stuff that they went about um, suggesting and ordering us to fix there. They didn't even check when we went no. back through. <laughs> no. They didn't. I mean, side skirt lengths. Dude, you couldn't get they, rules. And why, right? why like did you we could, check that? They, they, the, they dropped the checkered, and then they decided what the rules were going to be. Yeah, so, I mean, if, come on. If, you're, if your side skirts are a 16th too long, you're out. That's the exact words. Yeah. And they didn't even uh, check them. Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of rules that I can understand that are in place. But the year that, that Lee and Looney was racing in Martinsville, and they touched tires, and they monster charged each other. In my opinion, that turned into that went from what could have been the best finish at Martinsville that we've all seen in a really long time to one of the worst. Now, I think, in my opinion, we're going. We average what 95 miles an hour around Martinsville, and and most of the tracks we race at. What's what's the? And I'm not saying go crazy with it, but what's the real advantage of the body sticking out an eighth inch past the tires? I mean, in my well, opinion, if there's no advantage, you're not gonna do it. If it saves me from going over somebody's roof, then, yeah, I'm going to do it. 
because that's the last thing I want to do is shove my oil pan through somebody's window net, right? Right. And and hit tires, kill the toe, whatever the case. I just feel like we should have some kind of leeway there because nobody. What fan wants to see that? I mean, we're here to put on a show. Correct. Yeah, but the fan don't give a damn. Yeah, they don't really they care wanna, about any of this. They don't. They don't care about the rules. The only time I even know about it is if we write about it. They right. don't care about the rules. I agree with and that. And if we write about it, if he, especially if he writes about it, he writes a hundred good stories, and the only one that gets is Josh Berry's spindle thing, right? Like uh, <laughs> right. They, that it, type it, of stuff. Right. That, that's the only thing it. people care about. That's well, it. I thought he was lying. I can't to wait me. to make Look a headline for you this week. Oh, PJ. Looking forward to it. Hey, going back. Real quick, just came and popped into my mind. Um, you said earlier that uh, Timothy Media and how to handle yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, He give you any advice about tonight? Yeah, he did. What was that? Uh, to take the high road. <laughs> 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 yeah, and and when it comes down to it, you know, we he he was talking to me about the spindles and right. and like me and him both agreed. I I'm not a mechanical engineer. Right. I don't know the first thing about them. I don't know when they was designed. I know Marcus designed them. I don't. I mean, I'm like y'all. I, I'm just going off what I had been told. I know the billet doesn't bend as easy as the regular steel, right. and that's why we run them. Right. But that uh, particular other, type of spindle's been around. Yeah, for it's it's. 20, I think. I yeah, it's years, it's a spindle Marcus designed working at Sellers, I believe, and that was. But that I'm saying the, yeah, the type ago. of spindle, like the, the spindle Joe or whatever. I mean, he he's yeah, built it's, spindles for Nationwide cars yeah. 15 years ago. And, and I mean, and it's been around. Like you know, and we talked about it because, like I said, I'm, I'm in a, a blessed situation, and I don't, you know, there's certain things that that I'm comfortable doing, certain things I'm not comfortable doing. But you know, when it comes down to it, I don't know. So the only thing I, I went off telling y'all was what Marcus had posted because that's what I know. I know what y'all know. I'm not a crew chief. I'm not a, uh, a metal specialist. I don't know. All right, tell me this. I I want to know this. When did it When did it click? Like what What happened? You You You've said a lot of things tonight that I, I find very, very interesting, and I'm intrigued by you, but when, when did it click? Like, when did all of a sudden it just start to all make sense? And and what happened different? Right? Like, I, I, Brandon Poole has said, I've heard him tell his story. I've heard many different drivers through the deal right. tell their story about, like, when all of a sudden it became like, oh, wow, I just had eight or 10 yeah. of the pieces and I just got the last piece. Yeah. And now I understand what it takes to run in that in that in that area. The up I, front all the time every week. I think the biggest thing was just having confidence in the race car. You know, and, and again, not taking anything away from what my dad and I did. We did what I believed to be some pretty incredible things as far as where we finished uh, against the competition that we was racing against, but uh when it comes down to it you know, I never really had that confidence in the race car to say. Was it the look, mentorship? Was it the mentorship that gave you the confidence? What what, what it, gave it was, you the confidence to be you? Meaning, you know what I mean? What do yeah, you yeah. do better uh, than anybody else that you think is your deal that you hang it on? It it was really everything. You know, the, the people. You know, and I'm a firm believer. You're only good as the people you got around. Hundred percent. Right. And I believe when it comes to late model stock racing, I have some of the you got best. Some of the good ones. I yep. got some of the best minds around me. Yep. And they've they've taught me a lot. But at the same time, you know, I got the people. And once I started to kind of really take in the information that they was telling me, and and the biggest thing they was telling me was to to believe in the race car. Do do what you're supposed to do on Friday. Give us good feedback, and you'll you'll have a race car that can run just as good a laps at lap 150 as it can at 75. So who do you mentor? 
Who do you mentor? Who do you give back to? Because uh, really? you got all these. Yeah, whoever, got, whoever I ask. Yeah, I but mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. No, no. You this know? is what uh, I think you're. Uh, I didn't mean that in a derogatory. Right, way. right. What I meant to it is, is that this is what I want. I want the 14, 15 year old kid that knows you, that that they, those guys grabbed a hold of you with their arms, yeah. and, and Josh has maybe had a similar situation, yeah. right? But, um, so my question is, how do how, I want them to get in touch with you because yeah. it makes it better, yeah. right? right. You, yeah. You've already ate all um, the crap and done all the things wrong and done all the stuff you shouldn't do right. or were, weren't right. right. So how, um, how do we help them? So last year, uh, you know, I kind of – Lane and I got to racing – quite a bit with each other and you know Lane's a very I'm sure you would agree with it, he's a very talented kid right. he's he's very aggressive very very aggressive and after Carteret you know yes yeah. um after Carteret he got on the microphone and I would have wrecked him if I'd have called him hmm. and then he he texted me and was like dude I didn't mean that and I said it's we'll talk I think the next race was Hickory or Orange County I said we'll, we'll talk about it then like this is not a conversation where we'll oh, have sure. a text or anything and when we got there I said dude I said I'd I said, you ain't got to worry about nothing for me because I've been there. Right. I, somebody's, I've been so mad that I couldn't even see straight, and somebody stuck that microphone right in my face, and I said some stuff I didn't mean to say. You know, and, and that's kind of where he went in that situation was he didn't mean it, you know, but he was mad. They stuck that microphone in his face, and, uh, you know, that's just kind of how things went. And, you know, I've uh, – uh, Kyle Dudley with the <laughs> big wood right there. Wow. <laughs> he stopped everybody yeah. here for yeah. something. Yeah. Like, wow. You know, everybody's everybody's got their own opinions, but, you know, I've, I've raced with him. I've been behind him. I've been in front of him. I've seen what he's done. And, and Ty Gibbs is another one. I've offered him some, some advice as well. And, and this was before this whole deal with him driving for us even yeah. come out. Dude, there were some times these he looked like kids. a lawn dart, that yeah. kid. Yeah. And, I mean, and, he was all over the place. And, like, with both of them, they – when it comes down to it, they – they have just raw talent. I mean, you right. you see it in qualifying all the time. You'll go out and lay down a good lap, and you'll be like, dang, that's really good. And then Lane or Ty will go out, and you'll be like, where'd that come from? Right. Look, look at Martinsville. Right. Perfect exactly. example. I mean, yeah. th- yep. like, how do you yeah. – like, where do you go from there? And, you know, like, I, I've I've talked to Ty quite a bit about this. You know, and I'm like, he, not trying to get in his business, but, you know, he's got a golden opportunity without oh, a doubt, sure. right? Yeah, um, but wait, no, let's rephrase. He's had a golden opportunity – since he was born, right. meaning well, like, right. and uh, what I'm not going to say from the money aspect, but do you realize the things that that boy thinks is normal that has gotten a C that 99.9 percent of the rest of the people racing have no idea even exists? Well, I mean, and, and I'm not putting a yeah, burden yeah, on yeah, him. I'm you, just yeah, saying. Yeah. So it, I, it it intrigues me how he's from a racing family. He's yeah. a, they're racers. They yeah. do whatever. So they they. He, he has a great opportunity right. to be what but, that organization needs it to, needs him to be, in my opinion. But like, my biggest thing is he's doing everything the right way. He he's not jumping straight to supers, one thing at a time, working his way through it. And that, and that to me, in my opinion, that's the right way. Uh, you know, and, and it's about the grind. We talked yeah, about this last week. It's about, week. The, it's grind. about the grind. And that's you know, look at you, 2011 limited. Yeah, you, you know what and, I mean. And and he asked a lot of questions and and Lane again and and like I said, when it comes down to it, I'm going to give whatever opinion I can give. Uh, that's what I would appreciate. That's the only thing I would ask from you. You don't owe me anything, but 
pick a couple of these kids. It sounds yeah. like th- those guys have mentored you, and it's really helped you. And I would love to see you take a kid or two kids and have them reach out to you through social yeah. media or something like that and say, hey, man, pick your brain about some ideas. I know you work a lot and yeah. do your own well, thing, and, but I think I, that's told, what we need to do to make this good again. Yeah, and I've told uh, – like I said, I'm I'm not – I'm not going to withhold any kind of information. If you ask me yeah, what I do I, behind I the think, race car, right? You know, I don't think they're looking for if you, you have a 350 or a 300, right? right? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're looking for, for hey, were you driving. in this situation, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and, and that's you know, Ty's talks me about. Like I said, we ain't even been teammates, but Ty's brought all this stuff up to me. He's, he asked me about what I'm feeling with my race car and things of this and that effect. Um, but you know, like I told him, and this was before any of this even come up. If you have any questions ask away yeah if i can tell you what i'm doing and you can go out there and outrun me with it i appreciate that i'm, I'm happy I, for I, you brother that I tells me that. i'm not for where real, i need to be if i can tell you what i'm doing and you outrun me that way then i need to get better you need to you work know, harder comes down work to harder, yeah exactly right? i mean um so like i said i like seeing these younger kids come up through here because like i said they have raw talent you see it every time um and anytime they get to offer that situation you see it you know they just things are just different you know and ultimately, they have to want it. Hundred I mean, percent. They have to go. Right. That that's my problem. I want it for them many times more yeah, than they want the, yeah. it because ninety percent of them, you guys, Langley and I talk about this almost every day. I think it's the perception, right. of it. But ninety percent of them will never reach out to you. Yeah. Me- right. Meaning that, that that's just the way people people. I have some things with my e-commerce that I tell people ways that they could make a little extra money for free. Right. Yeah. Like, and they won't do it. And I'm like. And I got so upset. I was talking to Langley about it. He's like, you can tell them, yeah. but if they don't want it, well, they're, they're never going to do it anyway. I, mean, I think the biggest thing is, again, we're all competitors. So if you walk up to another competitor and, and ask for his honest advice on how he's driving his race car, I mean, how much of that do you really believe is going to be the truth, right? No, for sure. You know, we're all out there to beat each other, you know, but right. again, yeah, like but I, I don't said, think, I just don't think uh, a lot of them young kids are I don't looking, think they know. They're, they're not, right, that's the they, problem. They just don't know. That's, that you're, you're 100% right. Yeah. That's the problem. The problem is they don't know what they don't know, meaning yeah. they don't know how far ahead it is, how much they should do this, how much they should do this. If you telling a young kid to drag the brake a little more down into one yeah. before he rips back to the gas, to him, that's a big deal. Yeah. If that cost you the pole or the race, holy cow, we're in two different worlds. And right. I think yep. sometimes uh, that's the one thing I would like to see more of, and I think it will just make the competition better, is if we can get some of these guys, like you two or Philip or Lee or, or you know, many of the, the elder kind of statesmen of the deal, staples of the deal, yeah. if we can get them to help some of these young – a limited kid. Hey, reach out to these guys. Ask yeah. them. Hey, what do you think about this? My car slides the nose and I jam the brake. Maybe they can't 100% fix you, but it opens up a dialogue to where you can start bouncing your ideas off of each other yeah. to know where they are. And, and it's a it's a big thing on you guys too. It helps build your personal brands to right, try to yeah. br- you know more people. I I think. Everybody hates everybody in racing, and nobody knows anybody. Right. It pisses yeah. me off yeah. so bad. Everybody hates everybody, and they really don't even know why. No yeah. idea. Right. And, right. and, again, that's that's my whole point is, I mean, these kids coming through have a, have a ton of talent, you know, and, and like I said, if they ever have any questions, I'm, I'm open to anything, and I, I'm willing to share information just because, you know, it, you want to beat everybody when they're at their best, right? I mean, that's the whole point is you want to beat somebody when they're at their best. And if you can give them some information to make them better and get them to where you they should be, and then y'all go toe-to-toe and however it plays out, however it plays out, you know, I mean, that's, that's the what in, makes the, the sport go around. Is, in my opinion, if you're doing it right, 
right? Like when people ask me things, it creates more thought processes in my mind of things that as you guys are so far past that maybe if you revisit, you know, hey, yeah. I'm doing X, Y, Z. You both remember, oh, I remember when I did X, Y, Z. Oh, it's terrible, right? I, Man, I used to trail break too long, right? I'm just bad at grabbing a bunch of wheel into the thing. And I think that gives them gives people hope that they can continue to work through the process and everybody's suffering every driver that i ever met suffers almost from a lot of the same things it's just getting to where it's a comfort level yeah many good drivers have told me and you both could probably answer this to when when things start to slow down and i watch you do it on a weekly basis but when things start to slow down i win because the more comfortable i get in the car the more things slow down and the more I feel like I can manipulate, the more I feel like I can do this and I can do that. And I don't think a young person realizes that, holy shit, I said it, number three, <laughs> at some point this will actually slow down. Yeah. And it will become to where I'm not hanging on for dear life. Right. I'm actually manipulating the car. Yeah, so one of the things, I worked with a guy, um, so I, I raced go-karts for 12 years and I moved to the Allison Legacy Series, which is a 5.8 scale stock car, perimeter chassis, Sealed little four cylinder sure, engine. Good little class. Um, yeah. yeah, and treaded tires. So, yep. and that was one of my problems that I, I had to work through was in that race car from lap one to lap fifty or lap one. Well, we had a two hundred lapper at Florence Motor Speedway. <laughs> you could. You <laughs> Did they could, have to put fuel in those things? Yeah, you had to put yeah. fuel in it, but you kept the tires on it, and you could dog that thing from lap one to lap two hundred, and it would run the exact same time if you was physically capable. It didn't have power steering. It had still shocks. It didn't have no sway bar. Good times but if right you, yes, oh, That yeah. made you a man. It did. That day, yeah. right there, and you became a man. The whole deal with that was you had to move around the rate. Like, the car was never perfect. I didn't care what you did. You had, like I said, seal shocks. There was no adjustment there. So the, what, it, what it taught me was when you start a race, you got what you got. And you have to find that groove, whether it's, it's a little bit less brake here or a little bit more roll center here or 75% throttle here instead of trying to get 90 or whatever the case. It just kind of made everything come together. But I come from go-karts. I wasn't used to this speed. So sure. a guy come up to me and he said, man, you're not, you're not seeing this as it happens. You're not used to it. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, he said every race, because it was a touring series. He said, every racetrack you go to, he said, I want you to take a notebook and draw a picture of the track. And he said, I want you to find markers on the track where you're letting off at, where you're breaking Points. at, where you're picking the throttle yep. up at, and then get used to it. And he said, it's going to get to a point to where everything just kind of, it becomes second nature. You get used to the RPMs of the engine. You know that's where you need to let off. Sure. Or the RPMs drop too fast getting into the center, so you know you use too much brake. And it just kind of put, so for the first year, I made a notebook of every racetrack we went to. We went to Florence, Dillon, Orange County, South Boston, went to a couple road courses and i i still got the whole notebook and it's literally it was my first year it's literally a notebook of about 100 pages of what not to do right young people it's, listen it's, listen it to was this. The, i'm being dead serious listen, I, no I this can, is great this I can is great pictures stuff of this notebook it's, it's at my house well it's at my parents house but it's literally a hundred page notebook of what not to do and that's awesome. what was put in that notebook that whole first year but the second year come around, and that's when things started to change. Everything kind of slowed down and started to make sense to me, and that's when things clicked. So the first year, we our best finish was a fourth at the road course, somehow or another. And the next year, we won three races and finished second or third in the points. You the same thing? I think, no, not Teddy. I, I, I've listened to him talk about the visual markers and stuff of driving. I think, for whatever reason, I think it's probably my background in 
sim racing that mine's a little more sound oriented. Yeah. Like at like at Hickory is somewhere that comes to mind. It's like when you get close to the wall, like especially off a of, off a of four, like right at the start finish line, the exhaust changes when you get close to the and it's like you're already looking you for use the next those corner. Cues. Yeah, I, I, it's a little bit no, less. That's I don't amazing. really pick See, out. That's great. That's just what people really don't understand. Pick out markers necessarily. So we got fifty drivers, right, or a hundred drivers, and you use sound. He uses something different. I, I, I like those. Those are all different little things. I was thinking to touch back on what you were saying about the younger drivers. I honestly, and I think he, I feel like you will agree with this. Is I think a lot. I don't know if there's just a disconnect between the you know the the me, the Deke McCaskill, the Bobby, the Lee Pulliam, and the younger drivers. But there's probably a better chance of me and Bobby coming to each other and being like, "Dude, are you as lost as I am?" And he's like, "Yeah." Then, then yeah, but but I think the it's because it's a different way of communicating. Because I I really believe this. I believe this. I believe the younger people will not communicate to you face to face because they're scared to. But I challenge them all, all of them that are listening, I challenge them to reach out. Both of you are accessible through social. Yeah. If, if, you, if they feel I, – I, I think this is the one thing I want to bring perspective to you two guys that I think maybe you lose some of. You guys are up here, right? So to a kid that races limited at Hickory – and I, uh, not take you're up there. Now you're accessible to some of those kids mm -hmm. at Hickory. But what I find interesting is social media. The way they, most of the younger ones, uh, communicate is is a good way to reach out to you guys. Yeah. You're you're Josh. You're super active on it, and I, I, I you do a little bit on there. So I don't know if it's that they're scared. I, I think it's more of yeah. But you have to it's, remember it's a competitor standpoint. So when they look at it, we're the guys to beat. Right. right? But the difference yeah. is you didn't walk up to Philip. Seven in 2011. No, <laughs> no, 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 I'm serious. No, right. Put this together, you're right? right? You're like, right. I want to make this right. better. I'm not bullshit. We're going to do whatever we got to do to make yeah. this better. And what you need to realize is that you didn't walk up to Philip Morris in 2011 and say, Hey, dude, tell me how to wheel this thing. Because right. he would have, right? right? <laughs> it's a difference. It doesn't work like that. I so, just waited until 2013 and 100%. He drove by me on the outside before we even made it to the middle of one and two. <laughs> is what I, I just want, I, I want young people. To, to get ahead, and they, they have tons of time. I think that's the one thing they don't think that they have is time. And what they need to realize is 2011 to 2018 was seven years. That was time. Oh, yeah. Right? And and through that, I want people to be able to figure out how to build a good foundation. I think so many people are building these it's back to the McMansion thing when the economy crashed the last time, right? Everybody's buying houses over 430000 This is the same thing. Yeah. Everybody, I got to get my kid in a late-mile stock car as soon as I can because, holy shit, Dale Jr. is going to pick him up or Billy Bob's going to pick him up right. or something's going to happen, and then Bob's Barbecue is going to write me a check for 250000 and then we're going to do something great. Well, it's bullshit. It don't happen. No. <laughs> it's complete bullshit. It doesn't happen. But what I want them to do is realize that they're five or ten years away from making it and to reach out to you two and be like, hey, dude, listen, I suck. I need the best I can. Or I'm good at these things, but I'm not good at these. What would you give me for advice? What would you tell me I should do to be able to get better? Hey, I work out six hours a day and run around. Is that helping me? No, I don't work out at all. I spend time <laughs> on a simulator. I do yeah. this. I do – people, social media is undervalued. You guys are wide open. Oh, yeah. Like, if, yeah. if I was a – 13 year old kid I would poach you two to death <laughs> I, I would I would send you Their messages inbox is going to be lit uh, yeah, and, and, but, but no that's great yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it but, no, it's, you know, it's like what we should yeah, do yeah. it's the only if, if we truly want to help it that's the only way that we fix it 
Yeah. The only way that we fix it is by a lot of people eating a Okay, one person can either lose a fortune or everybody can either lose a little bit of weight and we still move. Right. But if if we kill everything, all the big entities, we all lose. Yeah. So if we each take a little bit of time and spend that time with that young guy or or even that older guy that's struggling, it's the part-time racer like the guy that wants to get on that wants to get on you about what you said on I I watched some videos. That guy's got a great little shop. He spins the car around by himself. Instead of shitting on you, why don't he ask you how to do better? That's what I want, (laughs) right? That's what I want him to say. Reach out and say, okay. I have an interesting story, too, and it's it's almost borderline embarrassing, but I think this was – you'll like this. I think this was 2013, I believe. We were running, and it was the first year I was really kind of on my own a little bit, kind of just making my own decisions and doing my own thing. And we went to Southern National at the beginning of the year. was the first race of the year, and I bet I went two laps down in both races. I was so bad. And I was I was so lost leaving there because we had built a new car, and you know we really felt good about it, and we ran terrible, that I called, cold called Deke McCaskill. I had never talked to the guy before in my life. The only reason I even called him was because I knew that he had sim raced. Right. He knew I sim raced. Like I said, maybe there's some sort of connection between the two of us. And I called him, and I was like, dude, my lower's in this spot. We have this much nose weight. I am so complete. He won, I think, both races. And I was like, I am so completely lost. I don't have any direction. Don't know what to do. Like, what you know? Here's the worst what can part. you say? What and can he, anybody he say to you? No. Stuff off, right. What, what, right. What's the worst thing in this situation? What's the worst thing that happened? He tell you he no. Says, man, yourself? I really just don't. Right. Feel That's like the worst that could happen. Saying that, and I say, I say, okay, okay, I right. That, but I'm, I'm at a point where. So and, and I never will forget this. We were like in tech somewhere. This was like two years ago, and he's like, man, I remember this guy. He called me and he's asking me about pivot heights and all this stuff. And he just, I'd never even talked to sure. him. And it was so embarrassing. Like I felt, but I was, no, I was that's so not, down. See, I think that's opposite. That I, 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 I was so down on, and just had no direction. I felt like that. I felt like that was just somebody that I had a small connection with, even if it was just sim racing. It doesn't right? matter. That it was just something that at least me and him had something in common enough that I called the guy. I don't even remember how yeah, I got his number the difference. That's the I, difference. I don't know how many I people are listening, somebody. but that's the not difference enough. to me. To, to me, the difference is who has the gut. I want it bad enough that I'll reach out to people I hate. I'm not saying you don't yeah, like them, yeah. right. but I will reach out to people that I hate, hoping that they'll give me a little morsel of information that I can use to go forward. I I, I'm willing to eat it that far. I mean, just go with it. The the biggest thing that, that I was taught, and he might agree to this as well, is I mean, it, it does. It takes time. 100%. It's, it's not just something that's going to happen overnight, and, and – a lot of people just want to go, you know, and like with us, things had to fall in place for me to be able to move up the way I the did. The grind. So the grind. We right, talked about yeah. the grind last so week. Things fell in place for me to move up out of go karts. We got into the legacy car. We was able to buy two legacy cars throughout the two years that we ran it, and things fell in place where I could sell all my legacy stuff and buy a used limited late model. It was David Quackenbush's car that was built brand new in 2006, and it was 2011 that we bought it. And things just kept falling in place. But I got in the limited car, and I, I had John Whaley. I don't know if y'all know John Whaley, but uh, he, he helped me. The first time I got in the car, he was there. And he said, look, he said, I'm going to tell you this. And he said, you're about to hate me for the rest of the time that we're friends. He said, but it's going to take time. He said, one day you're going to get in this race car, and it's just going to click, and everything's going to make sense. 
and you're going to realize what you was patience missing patience and and i'm sitting here like man i've been racing since i was six i'm here to win like i don't want to hear this like you need to tell me what it is i need to hear that's going to make it click like right now before i even yep. start this yeah. first race like i need to know yeah it doesn't but it work. just don't it don't happen and that's i think that's the biggest problem is you gotta you gotta understand this is not just something i mean when Kyle it's a Bush, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. This is a lifestyle. It if is. you don't believe and it, you gotta commit. you're beat. Yeah. If you don't believe that right. this is a lifestyle, we are in the shop at 930 at night. You guys came here. All these, This is a lifestyle. Yeah. If you won't live it, you're already beaten. Understand that's not what you want to do and try something else. Yeah. But if you're willing to jump into it, pester other people, try to get answers, stop at no cost to do what you want, you'll win. Oh, yeah. Um, Chiming in on the uh, – comments here uh blake stalling says that uh you've always been a great mentor as a driver to him so you don't even realize that you are well great. i don't uh, i don't i don't count and, and this is no disrespect <laughs> to blake but uh blake is is more like a little brother to me yeah and, and and that's why i don't really even consider him into this because to me he's like family so i'm going to do whatever you know when he was when we was racing with each other i mean i would tell him everything that i could tell him just to, to help and and to be honest the first race we ran, we finished third in the limited, and we're in tech, and they're wanting to see the car. And I'm standing here with a bunch of guys that don't know nothing about them. And uh, Steve, you know, his father, he sent his whole crew over there and was like, help them out, you know. Um, so kind of from the beginning, you know, Steve and, and Blake and Sherry and all them have kind of, you know, the first race we just kind of hit things off, and, and I just kind of always looked at Blake as, as a little brother, so he's always been family to me. And, I don't really count that as mentoring because, like I said, in, in my eyes, he's family, and it's it's just different that way. Thomas Scott says he wants to be your next little brother. All um. right, that's what I, we work that <laughs> out. You know, hey, speaking of Thomas, um, I'm glad he's actually commenting at Langley. We we beat the doors off each other, and I I don't I can't remember if you was there or not. I wasn't. But I'm telling you, we got into we got some right front damage, and it and it hurt the the turning of the car, and. Uh, I fell back with him, and he was running fourth, and I I couldn't believe he was fourth. And, and again, not no disrespect, yeah, but when he got underneath me, I was like, wow, he's running really good. Yeah. And we literally crossed each over, crossed each crossed over each other for the next 30 laps, and I mean, we we went at it. And after the race, we didn't even say anything. We just walked up and hugged each other and just laughed about it and went on about our business. But uh, to me, uh, you know, from what I seen that that day at, at Langley, he's he knows what he needs to know. He just got to get that that last little bit with the car, and it's it's go time for him. Uh, C. Falk chimed chimed in, and he said that in 2007 he was lost too at Kenley. He asked Jamie Cottle what to do. He took uh, him and the crew chief into his trailer and opened up his green notebook and told me everything he had. I'll never forget it. Uh, Gene Light chiming in said that he hopes some kids are listening to this. You guys are dead on. Um, Bill Petroff says that his uh, ears wide open. Um, uh, Zach Bruinger said that asking people on social media is way better than at the track. Um, we, uh, we, we, we run over here a little bit, uh, on, uh, race 22 radio here tonight, but, uh, man, the conversation's so Where'd good. I don't want go? to, uh, I don't want to leave it. <laughs> I think, uh, I think, uh, you guys are uh, making a pit stop here. You know, you disappeared. Uh, uh, now he disappeared. Uh, where'd he go? Um, no, but I, I'm I'm being serious about that notebook. Like, if if anybody wants to see it, I'll post pictures. But it's it's legit. Can we get a picture of Marcus Richmond's notebook for your car uh, or David Triplett? You know or? what? I I, that, I mean, I I would pay for that to have content on Race Twenty Two. 
I, I hate to say this, but I don't think you can afford it. Yeah, I understand. I, I'm be, you're I'm you're dead all right. I can't afford <laughs> it. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Whoa. But no, nah, <laughs> I, I like it, it when uh, you lay down the gauntlet it, about uh, what you can afford. Well, <laughs> I mean, he knows. Not, not, none of that's for sale, um, guaranteed. But, you know, again, Triplett, you know, he, he talks to a lot of other drivers at the racetrack. They, uh, and, again, Triplett's someone that's just respected throughout the whole sport. And, and right. people talk to him about stuff, and, and right. he's he's honest with them, and he tells them, you know, where they're messing up at instead, and that's just how Triplet is. You know, he he wants to help people too, and he wants to see the sport thrive as well. Um, but yeah, I don't think you're gonna get no picture of that notebook. Hey, tell I mean, me, tell me one other thing. Tell me, tell me what you do. Your game kind of got elevated real quick, like, right? Yeah, your your game yeah, got yeah, elevated yeah. super quick. Tell me the thing, and and I I won't box you in a corner. I I don't, I don't want anybody on this show to feel like they get put in a position right, right, where they right. say anything bad. He, he's used to it. He was on before. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, yeah. but I, I'm serious. What do you do the best? What do you think? Like, when it comes to this, you're like, uh And I, I'm not – I'll wait till he puts his headphones on so I'm not bombarding him. I want you to say, what What do you in your mind say, Josh Berry, he's my bitch. Wow. New headline for the week. Um. When it comes down to it. <laughs> Right, so wow. when it comes down to it, when when it's yeah. when it's go time and you're even up, and you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to take the top here because I know on the top I'm better than anybody in the country, and I will beat you down. Like, wh- think, what is your thing that you focus on that you do best? I think it's my ability to adapt, I, and I think th- that's one thing that I kind of thrive on. Yeah, because it sounds again, like it. Right. Yeah, nothing. No, I don't. At a speedway for the car store, I mean, our car was was on a rails. It was really, really good. But even then, I still had to adjust my breaking points, my roll center points, sure. and my throttle points. So it don't matter what the situation is. The car is never going – and that's one thing that, that I've just learned to accept. You know, you get the car as best you can in practice, but when it comes down to it, the first seven or eight laps of the race, I search around and figure out exactly what it is that the car needs for me to do. Yep. And I think that's uh, – again, I think it's my ability to adapt and then uh, – I. I do what the race car wants. I don't. Yes. I mean, I I, I yes, see a race track that. and I, I love know. That. I I see what other people are doing, but I don't I don't care what Give other it people what it are wants. doing. Whatever. If the race car, like the first time I went to Langley, I wasn't even getting nowhere close to the outside wall when we won the first time. But the way I was coming out the corner, I had the steering wheel straight, and it was just pointed that way. And I wasn't about to turn the wheel to the right sure. to get it closer to the wall because that's what the normal looks like. Right. That's just where the car wanted to be. And in my opinion, I believe if you drive the race car the way the race car wants to be driven, you're going to have better tires at the end of the race because you're not you're not over pushing the boundaries of on, on how much right front load you're putting on the car or how much grip you're sliding off the right rear. I just believe if you do what the race car wants and you take care of the race car, it's going to take care of the race at the end of the race. How about you, Josh? Same. <laughs> you you do a lot of things great. What, what what do you think is the thing that you in your mind is your bread and butter? If I qualify on the front, am I killing them? If I, what's your bread and butter go to where you know, like, put me, give me this, I think right? Give me I, this situation and I win 99 out of 100. I mean, I really think Hickory. I've, yeah, but I mean, just. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, not even that, right? Like Hickory for sure. Yeah, but I, I'm I mean, I think for whatever reason, I just, the man, the tire management part of racing is just, I've excelled at. Yes. I think there, there's times that I, I can agree. think of, you know, there's a lot of races that I've won that I Patience. can think about, but. I think there's right. Yeah, there there's some that I've won that. I mean, we've talked 
50 to go on the radio and said, man, we don't have a shot at this. There's and some that somehow you, you were find a, no a way to find a way to get in the race. I think, you know, that that's for sure, you know, over the and – and I've went to a lot of tracks and won. You know, I've won at, you know, not every one of them around here, but Damn good near. many of them. Yeah. Damn near, you know? right. And I think that's something that I take a lot of pride in looking back on it. Do you know what tracks you lack wins at? Kingsport, obviously. <laughs> Kingsport, Ace. We talked about that today. Kingsport, Ace. Uh, th- th- basically, I'm just we we're just talking about places that we at least raced at once, which I don't know if that's really fair. <laughs> Wait, a judgment. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's Let's what we're put talking this about. in a real good perspective. <laughs> Anywhere we, we raced, raced there once. one time, but didn't win. So now <laughs> that's how bad racers are. I think and there's like that's that's what again. You go four or five. For, right? No, four yeah, hundred percent. I mean, but that this is what I'm saying. This, I want people to understand that that's his thought process. Yeah. I'm not making fun at all. Yeah. I want people to understand that. His failure is going there one t- – and I don't mean a failure, but his burden that he carries is going there one time and not winning. There's been people that have been to 700 races at Hickory right. or 700 races at Kingsport, and they haven't won one time. Right. So that's where his mindset, he has you beaten before you come in. So you can right. shit on him or do whatever you want to, but <laughs> I'm telling you – no, I mean, it's the truth. The so mindset is so different that's what I that's what right. I was trying to say by elevating the local racer. By elevating the local racer that Josh Berry when he goes to a racetrack that he's run one time is upset cuz he didn't win there. Right. That's the level that I'm I want people mm-hmm. to understand exists and you mentioned it earlier with how big their program has turned into you didn't even know. You no. you didn't even I know. No it's beyond what you can Yeah. That's where people need um, to keep striving toward. But Speaking of him at, at Hickory, uh, <laughs> you know, he went to the the Hickory twice this year, and uh, I talked to him, what was it, we were standing there f- for driver intros, and I was talking to him about how the racetrack raced, but the whole week to that race, YouTube, I think, is is one of your best tools. You told I watched, me that. I you watched every video of him. You told me that. Yeah, I, I knew he was the man to beat when you go to Hickory. Right. And any racetrack that I go to with the car store, I'm researching who wins the most races. And I go straight on YouTube, and I find videos of like an up, upshot video where I can see what points they're hitting at on the racetrack. And I, I know for a fact when he comes out of turn four at Hickory, there's a little concrete patch, yep. and he straddles that patch. Right. And what he does different than anybody else is if you watch, and I, you can look this it's up gonna, right it's now. It's getting ready to expose you. This is big <laughs> no, shit. Completely. Right <laughs> we need, we, well, we need more people listening. It goes back to him saving tires. Is At the beginning of the race, everybody straddles that concrete patch coming out of four. But with 30 to go, that's the only car that straddles that concrete patch. And I I noticed, and I, like I said, I, I will watch a ton, I will watch videos from Monday to Thursday, sure. just to be mentally prepared because I believe in this sport you have to be just as much mentally as physically prepared to to perform. Right. So if you're if you're looking at the racetrack every day and you're you're seeing it and you're getting used to it and you see certain things and and like that's just one thing I look for is is physical markers on the track because it's never going to change. Point to right. point to it's, point. It's the same yep. every time. That's that will never change. Right. Um, and that's just one thing that I do that mm-hmm. that he doesn't do, but 
I feel we're both successful. So there's right. really no wrong way to do this. It's just whatever works best for you. Zach Bruinger, who happens to be the bartender who's delivering <laughs> beers here, uh, chimed in, and, and he said that asking on social media is way better, talking about the mentorship, it's way better than at the track. He said in 2010 he asked Dexter Sr., I'm, I'm assuming that is, for help um, and didn't get a whole lot because he is working on his own to make his own car faster. He said, I asked Josh this year at Hickory Car Store uh, race about the track changing with rubber and what to do. He helped me as best he could, uh, but he was working on his own stuff. He said on social media it's on downtime where they can focus on helping you and not well uh, it doesn't have to be instantaneous and, and that's and yeah and that's it, it they can, can do it on their own time too right um thomas got kind of calling you out a little bit there josh barry said that it took uh took you a year to even accept his friend request <laughs> i mean did did you oh, tell him you didn't know did you tell him you didn't know who he was there might be I, a reason i mean yeah, that would have made it even better uh robert arch uh chimed in and said that uh, josh can change who? engines really I can quickly do that who? and that is a fact that is who? a fact who yeah well nobody knows who he is he's like <laughs> some world champ or something Not, i hey, don't really know uh we went to the first time i went to kenley we was on the back stretch and we was waving it. Uh, you know, I mean, we're watching the pure socks though. We had no yeah. idea really who was who. Right. And we start noticing every time he come around, like he was. You thought that the, the inside of that car was on fire because I mean, he was <laughs> he was waving just as hard back as as we wow. was at him, and it was the coolest thing I ever seen in my life. After that, I'm like, if if Robert Hardy's running the race anywhere, I'm a fan. Right, I'm right, off, right nice. off the bat. He's uh he's definitely special. Uh, Chris Crosby said that uh, he asked Josh for a setup for Dega on uh, iRacing and had no luck. I probably didn't have one. <laughs> Brian Reedy said that because of uh, Bobby's uh, comment about uh, watching the video, that posting races has. <laughs> So, I don't. Sorry, guys. He ruined it for everybody. I, I apologize. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think so. No, I mean, I, I mean I, you know, like with with the car, so they do the race feed. Ex, I mean, or yeah, uh, yeah. the Mav TV kind of deal. And yeah, right. uh, Langley does, I believe, uh, their own little Fan deal. Choice, yeah. I mean, you, That's you can pit row TV. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> My apologies. Um, but Doc that, just got up off the floor. He was passed out. <laughs> this dude's been passed out for an hour and a half. He just woke up in his drunken stupor. <laughs> I said that. I just want everybody to know. There, there's, there's a ton of videos. And, and I mean, right. again, if you're going to a new racetrack that you've never been to before and you can watch somebody, I mean, you don't get the actual feel of doing it yourself, but you see certain things that, that they do at the beginning of the race and at the end of the race that nobody else really does, then that kind of leads you in that direction that, hey, mate, there's something to that. Right, He's so not doing that for Josh no reason. Josh, I raced, and you did I race or did not? Uh, I got it when I was 17, and I played it for maybe two years, and I... But, so, okay. That stuff's but, expensive. But, but wait, I find that... <laughs> like, you hold on, you can say what you want yeah, about, that about this, but that stuff right there... I, I find that intriguingly interesting because if you think about it, Back to what you two both said at the way he was talking about listening to visual cues. Yeah. That's way more a part of iRacing, listening to it is. the visual that's going on, what's happening. You get not only li you know limited wheel input, whatever. And I find it different that you, not so much, because of the background of yeah. not being that. Right. Uh, speaking of eye racing, uh, my career on there last three days. Um, <laughs> Turn around backwards and hit somebody. Well, I was suck. I was terrible. Dude, Let me I just tried. go ahead and tell you, like, I was terrible. But what really happened was we get in there, and I didn't have a headset to talk to anybody. But right. uh, the guy, I don't know if he said it or and uh, I heard it or if I read it or whatever it was, and it was some dude in South Carolina. He goes, race 22. I was like, and then I'm starting on a pole because nobody else qualified. And I go down <laughs> and turn one, and I wreck and wreck everybody. wreck everybody. And I said, you know what? I don't really need this anymore. <laughs> 
You I'm know, terrible, uh, dude. I can't do it. I don't know. I'm I, in the street stock division or whatever. I really don't do it. My son has it with yeah, his three it screens, and I stink so bad. It I, like pushes all the time, and I'm, yeah, I feel like an idiot. My my dad and I actually, believe it or not, we come up with a late model setup for Bristol, <laughs> and when I tell you it was untouchable, like it was untouchable, and we won like. Well, he won a couple races, and I won, like, four. And, like, on the fourth win, some guy, like, had his – he keyed up his speaker and was like, I done lost you four times and just started going on and on. I said, man, this is worse than the the real – you know, yeah, but I nobody mean, can hit you online. Well, you I mean, that's I mean? true. Yeah, I just want to be real true. clear. Not that this. day, anyway. Right. When it comes like, down so to it, like he was comp- trying to say that something was wrong with my setup, and there wasn't no way it was. Pa- I'm like, it, like you have to pass inspection before they even let you like start <laughs> the race. So how is something wrong with it? Well, I'm like, this is. He was probably right. If your dad won, he was probably right. No, no, he's. I'm just telling you, Troy. Troy's the gauntlet has been thrown down. You were cheating. He's listening. I'm just like, oh, I guarantee he's listening. You better be ready. I am ready. Trust me. No, but like, I mean, that stuff. It like is. Oh lord, twelve fifty or something like that. Maybe it's it's like twelve. Yeah, Josh, he doesn't have to pay for his. When you're VIP, he's in. But no, yeah. But I mean, I had like a. Forty dollars steering wheel that I bought off somebody from a yard sale. You know what I mean? A yard yeah. sale. I'm a yard yeah. sale guy. Oh uh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm running these fixed setups, and I'm like, twenty fifth, and I'm like, what's wrong? Like, there's no yeah. way I'm right. this terrible at this. Like, something's yeah. going on. And I got talking to this one guy, and he said, man, he said my steering wheel was like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. He said that's why you're not doing any good. You got I got, got twelve hundred dollars steering wheel. Hey, he had he had a twelve hundred dollars steering wheel. He had a urine bag mounted God. to him because he was. Running a four-hour race, so he like like a bag and everything. I'm like, dude, there's he, he was, was drinking a lot of beer. When he, he was, was serious. Wow, your 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 dad oh, is the one who go. really just okay. threw down yeah. the gauntlet. Okay. He said that he owns the talent that you're using. Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> dad has wow. thrown it down. Wow, wow, <laughs> well, and you, you know, know what? He's got that kind of horsepower that he can do that, and yeah. nobody's yeah. gonna say yeah. yeah. What are you gonna no. tell him? Yeah, well, like, I, I'm, that's what's you, cool about this. Everybody here has seen my dad. Yeah, Roger, have you seen my dad? I've had some interesting conversations. I'm not. I'm not going to argue with him. Right, that's I, that's it, why I said it, what like, I said. No. I, I was the first one. I, I'm telling you, he won. That's it. Yeah. That's the end there of the is. deal. That's, yeah. That's the yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm good with that. He can. He can say what he wants, but uh, I'm not going to. There was a time that I was pretty sure I was going to get my ass whipped by Troy. We had a conversation on the phone, and I was like, "Man, I don't want to see this guy again." Hey, <laughs> I can promise you this: this. Is I'm not getting bad. my ass whipped by him. <laughs> I'm going the other direction. That is not happening. There's a lot of things that may happen, but that will not be one of them. Hey, what we need to do is if if we're if y'all are serious about this, we need to work out to where he'll come over here and cook. Oh yes, absolutely. I'm telling you, absolutely. That man, he he can make cars run. But he can he can cook some food and that'd Absolutely. be the best food you've ever tasted in your life. I'm I've, telling you that right now. I've seen it. I yeah. haven't tasted, it, but I've seen it. I'm it looks telling good. you, man. It's I try and it's 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 not as good. Um, and I like I I smoked some ribs Saturday night and I brought them up here and let them try them, uh, at work. Yeah. Today. Yeah. And uh, I thought they was good. Like I bit into them. Like man, it's it's cooked yeah. perfect. Like it's got the best flavor. And I'm like all happy and stuff. And he takes one bite and he's like. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm a failure at life. I done ruined this. <laughs> don't even, f- don't even finish it. I don't even want to know no more. I think I've ate those a couple of times. Normally, I just want it. It's usually rolling, and I just yeah, sneak yeah. in there. I'm telling you, man, we he's he's a cook. He's a he's a really good cook. Mason Dunn chiming in. He said that uh, Troy also has the beer drinking talent in the family too. 
No, he is Boy, one he's lap speechless down. now. He's one lap down to Josh Berry. Just want to be clear. Under green. Uh, I'm not <laughs> talking. There was no caution involved. He went one lap down under green. That, but wait a minute. That, that shows a little maturity, right, that you've been mentored correctly. Wait, this might be a fuel mileage race because yeah. you two have been up. He has not. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. You've had to make pit stops. Right. I did have to pit. I did have to pit for sure. Out. I got I got extra fuel lines right. around my, <laughs> right. my, my leg muscle right, right. there. It's wrapped around it. I there. had to pit. I couldn't. I mean, that was a long day. I couldn't. I had to go uh, in case you guys just joined us, we're having a good time. We're about 33 minutes over uh, right here, but uh, you've been li- you're listening to uh, Race 22 Radio. Um, we're broadcasting live uh, here from Performance Center Racing Warehouse in Statesville, North Carolina. Um, myself, Langley Austin, Roger Johnson, our special co-host, uh, Josh Berry, and uh, we've been talking with uh, Bobby McCarty here, uh, getting some rather interesting conversations uh, for sure. You know, what would you say? Race, 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 22 Radio. What would you like to see in the show? I, and I, I know we're a couple minutes over, but I, I'm interested in this because I, I want to talk to the racer. What do, we, what do you want to see as, as a guy that drives for Nelson and does the things? What, what do you want to see in a show that will – that you'd like to tune into, and they, the guys in the background say beer, and yeah. <laughs> Bobby's <laughs> like, yeah, that's I mean, great. No. I, I, but 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 here's what I want to really know. What I really want to know is, what content do you want to see? Do you do you want to see? You're you're in the know, right? You know the most amount of stuff. You, I could show you two spindles, and you're gonna know the difference. Right, so possibly. My, yeah, my can you show me a spindle? So I know <laughs> no, I can't show you anything. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't make a shit. We could show you anyway. You wouldn't have any idea. All, all, right, all I'm saying point. is, what do you, what do you, what would you, as the racer that drives for somebody else, what would you want to see as a show that you'd be like, damn, I tune into that. What what could what would somebody do? Because I think you guys don't uh, understand how much of the majority that you really are. Yes, you're at a high level and probably up in that 35, 40 top, top tier group. But w- what are the things you'd like to see, right? We come on here and we started doing this last week and we, we have all these big things planned. And I, I want to listen to people say what they want to know about. What, what don't they know that they want to know? I, I think we need more. I love flat tracks. Like any time I can go watch a flat so like you'd like to see Bowman Gray incorporated no, into the deal? No, 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 I wouldn't. Hey, speaking of um, Bowman Gray, somebody asked earlier Corey's if you would race there. Yeah, that that was asked. Josh look. Berry turned it down. He said, "Nope." Look, listen, here's, here's the I don't. Deal. I'm not judging here's, him for that either. By the way, I'm not, I, strongly, I strongly believe this, um, and not again, not bashing nobody, but they have what's called a limited late model division, right. correct? Right. And I think what they mean to say is a limited track with late model stock car division rules, correct? Because we're running late model stock car engines and stuff right from what i understand i don't think there's any rules at all well yeah you, honestly, but I, really like, I, like, I mean i'm just being I, I go watch Bowman gray i saw I mean, a cam I, I come out of one of those motors that one of our uh, customers had that i'll promise you went in a ford tractor it, it had to be six <laughs> inches around i'm like <laughs> he's like they don't check it i'm like awesome <laughs> let's go with that um i mean i i do go watch Bowman gray just because I, I like i do too i like flat race i do too i don't particularly care if you know, seeing people cut through the infield and run over top of somebody else. I don't, I don't want to see that. I want to see good racing, and I don't care what it is you're racing. A flat racetrack provides good racing. 
Yeah. And it, 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 you don't have the mechanical grip from the banking. 100%. So that automatically makes it to where you have to you have to get after it. You have to find ways around people. So anytime, if I can go, if I didn't live so far away from Langley, even though I don't race there locally, I would go watch every weekend because I know for a fact it's going to be a race. It's right. going to be a in-your-face, white knuckle, get up on the wheel, and, and win the race. Josh Gary, Josh Berry gave the best piece of advice last week that I think if anybody's a track promoter, they should have listened to. And I've listened to it ten times, and it really stuck out in my mind. He said, you know, if people – Langley and I talked about it after the show and then actually a couple times after. He said if, if you would clean the top of the racetrack, we could actually run up there. So I, I found Ke- that – Kevin Fiercey, if you're listening. It, well, well, it, it, not just Kevin, but a lot of places, right? A lot of different things. I'm, I'm, yeah. we're not, I'm not <laughs> no, singling no, one out, right? And neither were you, 100%. You know, right. pointing that so out last my, my point is this. I, I want this to be because Langley's going to take this content <laughs> and run with it as you far as he can. just wait till the headline I got for you. And that's cool. I, I, but what, what is one thing you could would like to every promoter to know? I thought that was – like that was – I don't think racers understand that cleaning the top so that we could make the show amazing. Like how, right? How simple is that? And how, but how profound is that? Because if we could actually make it to where that we're slicing and dicing too wide, that's like yeah. my my parents go to a little tiny dirt track in Ohio and they go on Saturdays. And you know why they go? Because there's forty thousand people that sit in these little redneck wood stands yeah. and they bring in their coolers and they have a great time and people swap the lead eighteen times back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So if you were to give promoters that you'd like to go race at their racetracks advice, what would you tell them? Because they don't get to hear it, right? They hear it from you on the phone Not and they think you're trying to cheat them as an advantage. No. What would you tell them that they could do better to help support you and your program that you're running? Well, I don't think it's – I think I just want to agree. But so throughout the years, the cars were cheaper and they paid more to win races, and now the cars are way more expensive to what they are to compare races. And I know you talk to every promoter and they say they understand. Oh, yeah, but sure. I don't think that they truly have an understanding when it pays $1,500 to win a race. And a set of tires is $700. And, a set, and, a set, and, and some tracks – change how they do that and that's fine i know you understand it's before you even get started I, I, uh, but oh I'm yeah i can saying, bring the other side I'm of the coin saying, well yeah i know it's it's harder to 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 bring that purse up because it it is it is expensive and i'm not arguing that fact sure. i'm just getting to the point that everything's so much more expensive but we're it's not it's not coming back like if right. you want more cars to show up now again i think the car store is a perfect example of this they average 24 four cars this season give or take uh, i believe is what it is and they pay six thousand to win every once in a while they pay ten grand to win and it carries through yeah, but the nobody field. gives a shit about the win uh, and i we don't mean do. that to dog we do right if but you see, want more cars wait, to but, show up but, and this is what it's all about if you bring more yeah, but cars, you're not more cars you bring you're, more fans you're not more cars that's the that's not the me thing in general but right? that's the thing that i think everybody misses and i'm not picking on you but i want you yeah. to know this the problem is there's only one of you, and you two both go to the racetrack to win every week. But the problem is we can't get the shows to be good because the guy on the bottom starves to death because there's no scraps left for him. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't win 10000 I want you to win a million. But what I'm saying to you is – no, I'm serious. I, 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 I Really, yeah. I'm pro this. But, but what I, I want you to realize is or I want you to understand in the way that I want you to help me and Langley and, and – I want because I want this to work. Is 
the bottom guy makes a shit. Right, and we uh, mm-hmm. we we yeah. have already yeah, established that. Yeah. Yeah. Josh so, don't care about them. Established last <laughs> week. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 the, no, we the bottom said, guy. Right? I'm, no, we did. Not, we did. <laughs> Josh oh, is oh, God. God. Here he, oh, he just Hickory he pulled the disclaimer out of his briefcase. <laughs> Hickory needs a uh, one million to win street. Oh, hundred percent. Right. I, I, I just yeah, so not, we can have one I, million streets. I want people. You're gonna come. Here's the thing. I'll tell you, and I think it's if if you tell me no, I'm I'm gonna tell you that you're lying, because <laughs> I will tell you right. that no matter how much money your owner has, he doesn't he cares, but he wants the trophy. Because if he didn't, you're right. You wouldn't race. You're right. And you wouldn't race. And, and nobody else that brings their car in here would race. So the one thing I think we gotta realize is the trophy has one value right here. But the problem is, if you can't at least spend twenty thousand on your car, show up at the racetrack, buy thirty-five dollar pit passes, buy ten dollar or gallon, ten dollar per gallon bottles of fuel, you lose because we run him completely out. Because he's beat Zach Brunninger is, and I love him as a brother. He's beaten before he comes in there because he's laid so much out. If he does anything but win, he got his ass kicked. Well, and I wasn't saying. I'm not picking just, on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no, not picking and on I, you. I'm just clarifying what I'm saying. I wasn't saying that it all needs to be paid to who wins the race, right? Because, like you said, we're there to to be the best. We need of the everybody, best. right? It, it needs. You're going to gonna be race whether it pays five bucks or five thousand. That's you're just it, a racer. The best That's of the it. Best That's is it. There, I'm going to be hundred percent in a discussion. And and that's that is what it is. But like I said, I think if if we could bring and again, like we talked about earlier, if we could bring more sponsors into this and and help foot the purse for some of these races and spread that out more through the field, you're going to see more cars show up. And when you bring more cars, you have a better show. Mar- nobody, ten people will show up to Martinsville if only five cars is out there. But I, I don't they, think, they, I think, I'm telling you, they would. I they think know people would go to Martinsville in droves just because of the history. Mm. Just, Hickory's just, lived on it. I don't think so. Right, Hickory's lived on so. it. I don't mean it to bad. Yeah, I, I don't believe that. I hate to cut you guys off. I got to cut this short because Troy McCarty just told me and called me by name and said you better be on time tomorrow. So uh, we better Ooh, wrap this whoa. party up. Is all it I just got, got to real. Okay? Because, the boss has spoken. Because uh, that's that's not good. That's not good for me if you don't show up on time. I will. I will be on time. I'm on time. I actually kind of started this deal where I show up to work about an hour earlier, but I just kind of... So you're saying you already got extra hour and no, I don't, extra I don't, hour this I don't, in? I don't technically go into work. Yeah, like, that's probably it. I sit in my car, I get my mind right, I get ready for the day. But I, I show up at, I show up an hour early every morning. That's awesome. Hey, I, I just want to thank everybody for being in the chat. He's lying about that, I think. <laughs> just really looking at his eyes, but I just want to thank everybody for being in the chat. And I, I, I want the info. Like, if it's bad and you want to crap on us, crap on us. But if it's good and you like these things or you hate these things, I, I really think that everybody's going to have to give and take a little bit in order to be able to make this work long term. Yep. And I, I'm willing to listen. Call me. Reach out on social. Reach out to any of these guys. Reach out to Langley. We know he don't answer anything, so you'd be good luck on that. Reach well, out to don't Kim. Call me before noon. Kim's <laughs> actually the brains of the whole entire <laughs> operation. True. So if you reach out to her, and uh, <laughs> or reach out to Zach Brunninger for God's sake, right? The guy. Brought a keg in here. How I many mean, kegs is this, Zach gonna have to bring before real. he gets on the show? I don't know. I'm thinking somewhere around twenty. <laughs> yeah, but wait a minute. <laughs> just, oh just, God. He, you know. No, he's not. No. I mean, no, I'm just uh, guessing here. Uh, hey, Troy said that we're okay because you got to go to the race shop tomorrow, so it don't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I go where I'm told. 
Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll leave no, it at that. that yeah. That's good yeah. for you. Uh, two comments I want to get in real quick. Um, <clears throat> Brian Reedy said the top cars worry about the top prize, pay the bottom half. And I will tell you from a promoter standpoint, 100% true. I paid the most, and I know this is not late models, this is U cars. I paid the most in U cars to win. Didn't draw me any any extra cars. Um, but I did, you know, when I when I paid more at the back, like I paid like $75 to start, <laughs> field was packed. Well, yeah, so. and that's kind of what I was getting at with him. You, if you're having a, a race that that yeah. brings up a lot of people, you know, Roger. you're you're going to have car count show up, and and the, if it's a a big race and the best of the best show up, you're going to have the 100%. best of the best. Either and that's way. what you want, but right? Again, that's what you want. I think I think the bigger car counts draw more fans because 95 percent of your fans, well, I wouldn't say 95, we'll say 75 percent of your fans that show up to watch races come to see cars get tore up. Hundred percent. Twenty five percent will come to actually see a, a legitimate what, race. Martin, AJ, wait, wait. Martinsville's a great example. Hey, hold on, exactly. Yeah. My, 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 and I'm saying this. My best story. AJ Foy took me under his wing when I was 17 or 18 years old, and he said the greatest thing to me that I've ever been told in my life. He said, "People come here to see you crash. Right. <laughs> That's it." True. He said, "If I get what he say, if I light on fire, I get a bonus." I'm like, what? Hey, He's like, yeah, you I'll guys don't that. understand. I'm good on he that. said, we had to raced on wood racetracks in Indiana and Pennsylvania and Ohio, and he said they would pull splinters out of their face. Oh god! He said, one of the, that's amazing. One of the things I did as promoters first time around, I paid a bonus if you fought. Yes, if you got into a fight and yes. the fans right. could see it. You got a bonus. Stretch, when we do right, right hook promotions, car, we're in. you got a bonus. Oh, that, that's what's going to happen. We're, yeah. we're, Langley and I are getting ready to do some say. retarded stuff. We're trying not to yeah. let it all go out at one time. Um, but. Uh, <clears throat> um, speaking speaking of doing some retarded stuff, stuff. Uh, Mason Dunn says that uh, he said maybe the guy on the bottom should get discounts on clips and chassis. Great. Tell him to call Zach me. Zach is standing in line, ready to go. Tell him to call me. Because he needs all the clips he can get. Okay, let's no, be he's honest. got a standing jig. We just keep one jig open for him. It's good. <laughs> all right, guys, we got to wrap this up. I appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on tonight, Bobby. Yeah, man. Thank you all for Thanks having for me. Thanks for driving. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, great I appreciate, guest it. appreciate you co-hosting with Forrest. Josh Berry back again. All right, guys, that'll do it for tonight uh, here on uh, Race 22 Radio. Uh, we'll be back here next Monday night uh, after everybody takes a pit stop, and uh, we'll be good to go. We'll see you next Monday night with uh, Thomas Scott.